Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kellen and Alex show. This edition of the podcast was recorded in January of year of our Lord 2020. This edition of the podcast comes right after Kellen uh, tries to make a trip up to Buffalo and almost dies. We get into that. We get into uh, things going around. Franciscan. I think we mentioned coronavirus at some point. Obviously, this is later in 2020. We know it ends up happening. Um, but yeah, sit back, enjoy this edition of the Kellen and Alex show. All right, we are live here on WFRSCC 88.3, the Kellen and Alex show. And this is our second one of the semester. Uh, we're looking forward to it, man. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get it going, man. What's, how's it been going, Alex? How's your week? Uh, dude, it's been good. It's been really good. Uh, you had more of a hectic week, I think, than mine. Um, especially with... This week? Well, I mean, you almost died. Oh, that's right. I almost died. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, I was driving up to Buffalo to go see the men's basketball game. And I was, and me just being stupid, not from the East Coast. So I just wasn't in that mindset. Driving up to Buffalo in the winter, you know, you think that you would have at least some chains on your car. And I had a little Pontiac vibe. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally, you had like, I wonder when the last time you like, I mean, you don't have snow tires either. No, I don't have snow tires. That's I went up there completely unprepared and I paid for it. So I'm driving and there's, I somehow get, you know, next to this semi just, and I speed up, just try to get by him. Cause I don't like staying, you know, right next to a semi when I'm driving. In fact, I think anybody when you're driving, it's kind of an eerie feeling when you're right next to a car in a lane that's really like four feet away from you. So um, I, I'm driving and I just lose control because I hit a bad patch of ice and the steering wheel just went. And uh, I, yeah, I, I could have gone. So basically it was, it was almost like a super epic moment. So the, I was going the speed of the semi and I was going about probably 50 miles an hour. And I went completely sideways, parallel to the semi. So we're like sliding through like this. It was pretty epic, but scary at the moment. So I could have either gone into the semi, which I probably would have died <laughs> what the heck? if that happened, or yeah. I could have flown off the road and I flew off the road. How long were you sideways? Like a couple seconds and I just flew off the road. Car didn't get, car didn't get totaled. Car, didn't, car was completely fine. They came and pulled me out. I called 911. They brought a dispatch. And I was back on my way, and I basically drove 35 miles an hour in the slow lane until I got to Buffalo. <laughs> Man, I bet you were cruising after that. You were oh, like, dude. I am not going to go fast. Yeah, I'm not going fast. I said, I don't trust this. You know, Buffalo, come on, one of the worst yeah. cities in the U.S. when it comes to weather. And it only got worse. I was driving. I thought you were just going to say period, you know, not, not towards the weather. I was, like, I was seriously thinking about turning around, but then I was like, man, that that's this that's. Unloyal man, you got you got to go see the so, boys play. All right, so Kellen went all the way up to Buffalo <laughs> in the winter so, time. In the winter time in January with his little California Pontiac thing, <laughs> the bike rack on the on the back. It's more of a SoCal. It's thing, got man. a you know at its best, it has an engine of a go kart <laughs> and <laughs> and no snow tires. Nope, no, and, nothing. Uh, that's loyalty, man. I, I, it's loyalty. Is yeah. it loyalty or is it... Um, it's loyalty and stupidity mixed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suicidal impact. I don't know. That, Suicidal that's, loyalty. Okay, so were you to the left? Were you to the left, to the of, left the of the semi? I was to the left of the semi. So wild. to the right, right, there was a forest. And to the left, there was like a big, like a ditch. And I just flew Did into Did you go the to the ditch. left side? I went to the left side, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, no, I... I um, 
thank God that I didn't. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> oh, what the heck? And that is up, wild. And it was just dumping snow, man. I, I've never seen snow like that in my life. I mean, I live in, you know, where I live, we get a lot of snow. But, you know, it was just constant, just up and down, just snow everywhere. So, you know, thank God I got through that because that was dangerous. Shout out to my boy, uh... David Capello, who's in my telecommunications class. He's probably listening right now. Shout out to you, brother. Uh, he's from Buffalo. Who else is from Buffalo from that goes here? I have to Patrick O'Brien? Patrick O'Brien? Yeah, I think Buffalo? he's from, he's from a nursing Buffalo. major? Yeep. Yeah. And yeah, then, man, that's... And, well, you lived. So you were, like, three seconds going on, like, one side. I was literally three seconds parallel to the semi, your, but sideways. I would have loved to have had like a dash cam like facing inward. Dude, if, I had, the, if I had a dash cam, that would be a perfect... That would have been the best. Dash you can put great. that in a movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Kellen movie. The They should call it f- Trial by Air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Trial and Air. <laughs> well, you, you survived. survived. And then the night after we had McGregor and Versus Cerrone. Cerrone. Okay, oh everybody, goodness, first guys. of all, I called it for round one KO. I, I said it. You know I said it. Round one knockout. Okay? That's what he said. That's what he said. And 40... I didn't think it would become 40 seconds. I figured it would kind of be towards the end, but McGregor comes out, and I figured he was going to come out really fast. He was going to do something. Yeah. And he goes out, and the first thing he does, he takes about four steps forward. Then he unleashes his left hand straight and misses. Yeah. He misses, and Cowboy clinches. And at the same time, right when Cowboy clinched, um, Connor's, like, his thigh hit Cerrone, like, in the side of the head. And uh, so basically what happened was is after that, Cerrone was, he was a little beaten up, but they pushed off each other, got off of the clinch, and Cerrone throws a head kick. And Cerrone has the most head kick knockouts. I think in UFC history. Cerrone throws a head kick? Or he's McGregor? A, he's a master at head kicks. Really? So this is the irony, right? Yeah. So Cerrone throws or, you know, throws a head kick. Connor just blocks it because he's his reflexes are like a cat. And uh and then Dude, that was Yeah, so yeah. He, he and then so he sorry. So Cerrone throws the he head, throws the the head, head kick, kick. And first. then McGregor I I timed it about a second and a half later, he throws his own head kick, and he just Destroys nails Cerrone yeah, yeah. right in the face. Cowboy wasn't expecting that. Mm-mm. Not at all. And uh, so he got him, and then Connor just went on him. Unle- he had one left hand. This is where it's, I like this. I'm kind of prideful in this because I'm, I'm left-handed and everything. So that's <laughs> when Paul, I pa- I paws, dude. They're so vicious. So much better than orthodoxes. But just my, <laughs> what? Just my, uh, fight me, man. So, so much better than orthodox, but. I think we'd have a pretty good fight. We'd have a good fight, yeah. You're a little <laughs> taller than me. A little taller, a little more reach. You got a little more reach, but hey, Cerrone had a little bit of a reach too, you know. So. Yeah, Cerrone was bigger. He was bigger. When the first thing, you bigger. know the first thing I thought when McGregor came out? I was like, that man, look at his arms. I know. <laughs> Did you see that? Well, he does he was like 80% arms. Where he goes like in the center of the ring and he like kisses off to his opponent and like puts his hands out oh, like really? each side. Yeah, he goes like this. Because he went up a weight division, right? He was 155, so and he Connor's went up to 170, right? Connor's naturally a 155-er. Yeah, so normally. He started out in featherweight, which mm. is 145-pound division. Became the champion there, beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, which is the fastest championship knockout in history. Some people say that was a fluke, by the way, but I don't think it oh, was. Really? I don't think it was a fluke. But 
And he goes up to 155, you know, takes the belt from Eddie Alvarez. So he knocks him out in the second round, flawless performance. And then after that, uh, a couple – he – okay, so he took the belt from Eddie Alvarez. I'm trying to remember this in because this was a while ago. And then he goes and fights Nate Diaz. No, no, sorry, sorry. No, okay. He does that before. So he goes to UFC 196, and he's supposed to fight, fight Rafael Dos Anjos for the UFC lightweight title. Okay? Now, UFC 196 – Dos Anjos pulls out because he injures his foot. Nate Diaz steps in. <laughs> Nate Diaz is also my boy. So I had a tough time picking. California. So said, California, man. Two hours for me. <laughs> West Coast gangster. So, Although Nate, the West Nate, Coast gangster got dude, ripped by Masvidal, though. So. Uh, that, was, that was bogus. But yeah. um, So Diaz comes in, submits Connor. Big, probably the biggest upset in UFC history, at least one of them. Upsets Connor. And... Uh, Submits him in the second round. Connor just gassed himself out, you know, just like he usually does. Connor gasses, man. Like yeah, he, that's he, why he got to go for those like quick <laughs> those knockout punches, knockouts, you know? and it's worked for him. It's worked for him. But so he loses, and he gets a rematch with Diaz at UFC 202. Most dog fight. If you want to talk, classify a fight as a dog fight. That was a dog fight. 202. 202. In was, fact, that was McGregor Diaz. Nick Diaz threw like yeah. 252 strikes. McGregor threw like 197. Total. <laughs> Dang. And McGregor got the, by the skin of his teeth. Got the was, victory. And he got the it victory. It was a decision? 48-47, 47-47, and 48-47. Oh, my God. So, he, that was a close game. Oh, man. Close fight. Uh, yeah, this one with the McGregor, like. Then he goes to UFC 205 and beats Eddie Alvarez, who beat Dos Anjos. Right. So, he took the belt. When did he take the belt? Oh, he took the belt he on 205? At 205. Okay. Dude, McGregor's um, been around for forever. Yeah, he's I he's mean, been he's like ten years of just dominance, really in the <laughs> UFC, much, I mean, and and being like, I was talking with Paul this the other day, like the difference of athletes today. With there's some athletes who just want to be the best, and then there's others who want to be the best, but they want to make money outside of sports. Yeah, right. Like the classic ones, like Shaq and Kobe. Right, Kobe wanted to be the best, and he's one of the best, but he didn't want to like go do a dong, uh, <laughs> dance and song rather outside of like NBA because yeah. Kobe didn't want to have to like develop a, a huge public persona and stuff. Right. Shaq, dude, he's probably made like four times as much from his like deals and stuff that he does than he has from NBA. I Connor, he like, he figured out how to make a public per persona and he's making bank off of that. Like that's where he makes his money. Connor, he makes is, money showing up to these fights. Yeah, so but he makes the real money off of like his whiskey company, <laughs> you know, like all the stuff, that, his business ventures, you know, like brand deals and stuff. That's how these guys make these uh, that money is is the persona because people buy that, right? He like when when they were doing when Cowboy and McGregor were doing their like uh, press in the media press thing. Stuff. Yeah, they, they're like we're entertainers. That's what we do is entertain. Right. And then part of that is being obviously the best at MMA. Like the difference between MMA and WWE is just WWE has a lot more scripting and MMA is all about it's like real fighting. It's, MMA it's real is fighting. on the fly, dude. Yeah. But there's still the entertainment aspect. Like yeah, people come yeah. to be entertained. There's there's like a hype to it. Right. They try and hype it up. I mean, that's that's like the whole thing. They want to get people buying pay-per-view and they want to get people in the seats and charge a bunch of money. So like 
Do you remember we looked up those the price tickets for <laughs> UFC two forty four? Brett goes sit next to Joe Rogan's bald head. Uh, <laughs> be like Seven thousand dollars. Do you remember that? Oh, those, was those really? tickets were seven grand to sit next to Joe. To sit next to Joe Rogan. Like, hey Joe. Hey hey, Joe. hey 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 Joe. They were like Joe, turn around. You're done, man. You're gone. Get out of here. <laughs> hey Joe, can I take your place for tonight? Hey, hey Joe, can I do the interviews? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm ready. Joe, uh, don't worry about it. No, that was a wild, so 40 seconds. So, blow by blow, McGregor comes out with that left hand and just goes for it all. And then Cerrone ducks down, and he's like, oh, my gosh. oh, boy. (laughs) I love that cowboy whistle. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't talk trash. (laughs) (laughs) McGregor steps. They they get pinned against each other. McGregor starts pulling back, and he takes his shoulder, and he pulls back for a second. throws his shoulder in his face. Four times. Okay. Four times. So I have never, ever seen this move before in MMA. So Connor clinches. He waits a second. Then he throws four shoulder strikes. I've never seen a shoulder strike before. One, two, three, four. On the fourth one, I think Cerrone's nose just gets busted up. It it, it breaks. Cerrone, you look at his face. He has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Because, I mean, (laughs) how are you going to expect you're pinned up against a guy for him to literally go back and be throwing his shoulder into your nose and Cerrone just had no clue I mean uh, McGregor just overwhelmed him that's the best yeah. way to put it so I, I he throws the it, shoulders yeah. he throws the shoulders Cerrone starts to back up Cerrone's they, they disto- da- distorted dis- distorted distorted yeah. and M- M- McGregor sees it comes around and then four he, times he fakes <laughs> he fakes a right actually and then yeah. pulls the the left leg and just just right across the head. That day, dude. Yeah, and Cerrone then and then was Cerrone gone. was up, and then McGregor threw, like his third yeah. his third left was so powerful it literally knocked his entire yeah. body over. So Cerrone gets hit in the head. He starts stumbling back, and then dude, it's just one left hand after one another, another left hand. Just and, a and Herb Dean. Herb Dean gave Cerrone. Boom. boom. Herb Dean, boom. the referee. He gave him time. MMA. He gave him time. Uh, he gave, gave him time. time to get up and, and stuff. And I would have too. I mean, you know. You, you let it go. You let you don't, it go. You let it go for a little bit. And then after like the seventh one, of his face is just completely gone. It's like, okay, let's go. We're done. And it was just 40 seconds of, yeah, I was losing my mind. We were, <laughs> I was, we were sitting there like we, prepping for it. That was when I was, I was in like, Buffalo. You were, you were I saw that room, happened. Yeah. I called you. And yeah. I was like, you see what happens, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I predicted? Explicative in, in there a little bit, but... <laughs> Explicative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, no, dude, I was I was losing my mind. I was like, I can't believe 40 seconds. I was legit. I was going for Cowboy because I wanted to see... I wanted to see, like, McGregor have a really tough fight. That was not a tough fight. And McG- I think McGregor treated it well afterwards. But did you see after the fight... Uh, Usman and Masvidal yeah, were in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Here we and they go, showed baby. their faces, Here and they were go. like, they were like, uh, oh, okay, uh, all right, uh, he's, uh, he's better than we he's, thought. He's better than he's not this like you know. Connor's not a half cocked guy that we it's thought he so was. Crazy because he's he's fully he's I think, fully there. Man. I think he's better at one seventy. A lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I think he's better at one seventy. He, he looks bigger. He looks bigger. He yeah. looks stronger. He looks faster than he at one fifty five, and. His arms are enormous. They're I can't, huge. They're huge. And he's proud man. He doesn't take any steroids. He's just like Michael Bisping. Sure. He, no, I'm serious. He prides <laughs> you know, himself does. off of not taking steroids. Although 
many people say, you know, in the fighting industry, how do these guys get like these? I mean, they take stuff that's like this? close to that. I mean, as close to steroids as they can get, probably. I don't know. They're supplementing something. You know, as Colby Covington's phrase, I do things with intelligence, integrity, and intensity. That's and, the uh, big three. Needles. No, and ne- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I, I don't know, man. There, you got you know they have like some like insane nutrition stuff. Like, well, they have they like have to make they have bold. professional nutri- nutritionists. Yeah, but yeah. they're they're doing some type of supplements. It may not be steroids, but they're doing some type of stuff. I don't I don't really know what it is. I'm not into the yeah. into the thing, but yeah, it was funny. Uh, Joe had a podcast with uh, Joe Rogan had a podcast with. Um, Lance Armstrong, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, a while I back ago. I, I've, I've it was a while it. back ago, but I had, I had just found it, and uh, it was really interesting because, you know, obviously he had his whole doping thing for forever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you know about doping, but I went into seven, like— seven, seven, uh, He got stripped of all seven of his Tour de France uh, trophies. Yeah. yeah. No, in the sport, like, he was explaining it, and he's like, yeah, in biking, they're still doing doping and all that stuff. I don't know if you know, like, Russia. I'm pretty sure Russia got, like, banned from a lot of Olympic stuff for 2020 because they had been, like, doing steroids and doping and stuff and failed, like, all their tests. And they're basically like, yeah, don't show up to the Olympics this time. And so I think the Russian um, athletes can still show up as individuals and get tested. But, like, the Olymp- I don't think they can win any Olympic stuff. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's what it is right now. Well, the Russians, which is wild. Yeah, I mean... Well, because they think, like, well, we can just get away with it. And, like, the Olympic committees and all this stuff is so screwed. Like, it's really messed up. All all the way. I mean, FIFA, too. Or FIFA. FIFA. Uh, World Cup stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. It's just soccer. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, all that World Cup stuff is. Yeah. And and just. I mean, as Nate Diaz. Like, football. Oh, man. (laughs) Football. uh, Not not American. I'm talking, like, soccer stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of testing. You know, back in the day. Teams used to hire professionals that would let the fighters, like they would do steroids, and that would allow them to do. I don't know exactly what it was, but they would be able to get past USADA, which is the drug agency mm-hmm. um, in the UFC, and they would hire people to per- actually let them get by it, um, which is crazy. But you know, Mike Bisping, Nate Diaz, they don't do steroids. Nate does a lot of. Uh, he's a big. Uh, you know, uh, marijuana <laughs> advocate, as as most people in Cali sometimes are. Yeah. Ooh man, that's ooh, a lot. Marijuana. That's what we're known for, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, we we had a debate on marijuana not a while uh, about that was fall of last year. No, what? not not 2019. Fall of 2018. We had a debate on marijuana. When yeah, is the first really debate? By the way, Veritas. Okay, so yes. Alex Stanley, let let's get a little refresher here. Go for it, my man, Alex Alex Stanley, Alex, my man, Alex Stanley, right here. He is the vice president of the Veritas Society here on the campus, campus, which intends to promote intellectual culture on campus, even though Nicholas Larkins, our friend, called us degenerates on this show. <laughs> one of the legendary uh, moments one here. One of the legendary at, uh, moments here at the radio studio WFRSEC. Franciscan University of Steubenville, the greatest university in the entire world. Yep. Nothing rivals Franciscan, I'm telling you. So, Anyways, they exist to promote intellectual culture on campus. They do a variety of uh, debates ranging from gun control to marijuana to uh, what was uh, praise and worship. That one was a dandy. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, and then you guys also do. Are you guys doing the uh, 
uh, Wednesday seminars. What do you call those? Apologetic seminars. Apologetic seminars. We're moving away from those. We're doing um, what we call the Veritas seminars now. So they're going to be with professors and they're going to be with the associates. Uh, but yeah, we have three debates planned this semester. Uh, the first one's going to be on evolution, actually. Uh-oh. Better invite yeah. Haymar over here. Yeah, Haymar's coming. So we're, <laughs> we're good on that. Um, yeah, it should be really interesting. Um, my views on evolution have really um, changed over time. Like, it's it's really interesting because it's, it's just something that everyone kind of assumes nowadays, right? Uh, but if you look at the time period in which it grew out of, it was like right at the height of it's kind of taken the place of a materialistic origin stories, right? Because it's like, okay, well, what's the origin of the universe? Oh, well, basically everything just evolves from a single thing and we can scientifically explain it. But if you get into the evidence for evolution, it gets really dodgy, like really quickly. So one of the things is um, in in a macro scale is where most of the evolutionary evidence, quote unquote, is found. So on the scale of like, um, okay, well, these things... Uh, um, and their phenotypes, what they actually look like and all this stuff and and, uh, their hormones and stuff, they seem related. Okay, well, that's because they all evolve from like a single origin. But once you get to the microbiology, like DNA, and how you can get certain DNA replication and certain DNA expression, like when we do testing, so they would do testing like to try and prove the evolutionary hypothesis at the micro level on like fruit flies. That's right. So they would uh, like try and show that you could have a random mutation on fruit flies that would make it something different, right? Like the the best different they could get from this like random selection, like having the genome like randomly choose was like some weird fruit fly with like, you know, legs coming out of its antennas or something like that. <laughs> like there's, and it, and it, I mean, with any random idea of like, oh, well, this happens from random chance and all this stuff. It's like, how would you get from a single origin all these mutations that would work so many times over and over again? And at the micro level, we haven't been able to like prove that. We haven't been able to pr- prove that we can take this DNA and show that how random mutation can give us all these different variations in species, especially from a single origin. Like the idea that you can go from a single cell to like all of the different life within a certain amount of time with random mutation is almost complete it's almost completely insane because there's too little time with too uh unprovable a um a method random mutation you can't prove that it exists and uh yeah the evidence is just not all there and so what ended up happening right like an evolutionary theory had been around before darwin like he's the one who like made it but like before darwin there was you know, a lot of people were thinking about the same ideas because materialism and atheism were like having their, it was on the rise, right? You have Nietzsche and like all these other guys who are like atheistic, like they're winning the day, the materialistic idea. And in fact, there was a contemporary of Darwin who had an evolutionary theory come out almost at the same time as Darwin. Darwin's theory just was more popular, but it was almost basically the same thing. And Darwin's father apparently too had a a proto uh, evolutionary theory. So if Darwin wouldn't have done it, somebody would have. Because what it did is it, it provided a it provided a uh, materialistic origin story that didn't include God. That that basically said, well, all this stuff. And they didn't have the evidence back then. And they, we don't we don't have the evidence today. It's just been accepted. And like you say, well, what's the evidence? And you know, oh well, the evidence is 
these select things and therefore this whole, like we should really pause at how insanely huge the Darwinian theory is. I mean, it makes a claim on like everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and we should take pause and be like, okay, well, what's the actual evidence for this enormously huge, complex uh, theory? Because what it's claiming is the origin of all species comes from a single cell. And that all of this within like the span of the earth, which is not that long, through just blind chance. And none of those things can we demonstrate. We There's no evidence for the single cell that from which all this other stuff comes from. There's like no evidence for uh, the ability of random mutation to do anything but like do stupid stuff like legs out of antennas. <laughs> like that's the only evidence we can get. Right. And none of it has been demonstrated to show how you can go from like, you know, a monkey to like apes and like humans. That that link has never been shown uh, demonstrably because at at the macro level, it's like, okay, maybe. But it can't show you the wide diversity of species. Um, You can show maybe a few differences here and there. And then at the micro level, we just can't replicate it. And it's like and it makes such a huge claim. And you have to say, like, with these huge claims, like. It has a motivation with it. For, for you know, the Western world, it provides a materialistic, atheistic origin story, which is super powerful. And like, oh, Genesis is stupid and all this stuff. And, and the idea, you know, that things were created at some point and, and just exist with these differences. Yeah. Oh, well, that's stupid. It's like it's way more plausible than saying everything came from a single cell and right. just randomly got to all these things. It's much more plausible to say there is an... Uh, you know, there's a design <laughs> in which, um, you know, things are similar to each other. And that's totally fine. It doesn't have to come from a single cell. And you can explain it by that. And then the differenti- the small differences in species in different areas is just over that amount of time. There's too little time to have the single origin to all these other things. And um, yeah, the evidence just really isn't there. And And then you couple that with what happens to God if you place him as this like last entity that just starts this blind thing? First of all, it makes God seem uninvolved, completely uninvolved. That's he just right. like starts yeah. this whole thing and lets it go. The second thing is it makes him seem like non-interested in the movement and the like what happens with the species afterwards. It's just a bunch of chance. But if there's some type of order, there has to be an orderer, one who's ordering all these things. And that's God, right? And so even just on like, you know, try and make your proofs, like the the one with God who guides all things in order with the DNA structure that's ordered for these small changes is much more plausible than the single cell organism that differentiates into millions and millions of different things all through random blind chance that has no intelligent order. Like, we, we should really pause at the fact of how wide and how crazy the evolutionary theory really is. First, at least in its claim. So vast. And then go into the evidence and be like, we have no idea how random mutation could even work. And we've tried it, and it never does. Okay? Also, there's absolutely no evidence there's a single cell like that all things went into afterwards. The fossil records are really weird which I don't know all the stuff on, but I know the fossil records are kind of weird. It's just, it's so broad in scope and we haven't been able to show enough evidence for it. 
And the idea that like, well, okay, we're Catholics and we're in the world, so we need to accept evolutionary theory because, you know, everyone else does. It's like, look, I go by the evidence first, but also you should really admit like, what happens to your Christianity and your Catholicism when you have this impersonal, faraway God who starts this random chain of stuff? Like, that doesn't sound very Christian to me. It sounds pretty materialistic and well, yeah, atheistic I mean, or even deistic. At, at like, deistic's like, God starts this whole thing and then says, I'm out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's almost like the, you know, the principle of the Big Bang, right? People can say, and we don't know for sure. Humans don't know. But, I mean, that's why we have a faith life. But, you know, to say that the universe was created out of just one Big Bang— First of all, there's almost no feels like there's no creativity in that. You know, it's like it could it's like, the Big Bang. Though like, I, I would separate that from the evolution. Well, yeah, stuff. that's separate. But I'm I'm, tr I'm trying to say the Big Bang was actually Father Georges Lemaitre, a uh, French yeah. priest, and right. the Big Bang actually has more in favor of it for uh, for Christianity than it does for atheistic materialism. Or I was just like saying that, that there's but, like you know you can make that. Connection. But it's still a theory. Yeah, yeah. You know, is, is God at work in this or is God not at work in this? Yeah. You know, same thing with evolution. Is God at work in this or is God not at work in this? It does, like you say, though, take away the, you know, is, you know, the theory of, you know, the concept of uh, survival of the fittest and all these things, you know, species might die out, you know. Yep. It, it, it puts a, it shines a different light on it when you don't think of it in a way where, you know, God has no influence in this. And you actually kind of interpret things differently as well. I mean, it's it's interesting how you can, you can, it's almost like, you know, you can see it two ways, you know, and, and right. that shines the light on it differently, but, you know. Yeah, it should be really, it should be a really interesting debate. And um, it's, it's, you know, the object of our debates is not, giving you a, a complete and total, like, like giving you a thesis or something like that, or giving you a paper or giving you a book or something like that. It's to get all the ideas out and to have people thinking about them and have the conversation going and, and all that type of stuff. And that's the goal and the aim. And so I think it's an important issue. Like people need to really wrestle with it because I mean, when I kind of made the switch from, okay, I, I kind of accept evolution to I don't, and I'm, I'm ready just to deal with the consequences of not just accepting this worldview or whatever. Like I realized that it's such more, it's so much more consistent <laughs> with the faith and so much more consistent with the Catholic and a Christian worldview to just say, uh, not just to say, but I mean, if you look at the evidence, I'm talking like after the evidence, I've looked through some of the evidence and I'm, I'm pretty like, there's not enough compelling ones for me, but added on to that, like, you go back to an origin story that is Genesis without this trying to accommodate it to Darwin. It's it's a Genesis that is okay with a okay with a healthy amount of okay, I don't know exactly how it looked. I wish to know kind of how it looked, right? And Genesis gives me a clue into it. Um, but I, we don't know exactly exactly how it looked because there was nothing before that, right? It is a thing of faith that God created everything out of nothing, right? And just having that clarity, at least that clarity of like, okay, I'm okay with Genesis. I don't have to accommodate it to evolutionary theory because the evidence isn't all, all there. And it's this materialistic thing. You know, perhaps there's some elements of evolution that can be retained, but I don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to deal with it right now. Like, 
I found it so much more healthy than just, well, evolution completely in all of its aspects is true, and I just have to like put my faith on the back burner because I'm a scientist or something it does, like that. But that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, okay, so it's purely illogical to think that there's, it's just like this whole world is nothing. It came out of nothing, you know? It doesn't make sense logically to say. Wait, what do you mean coming out of nothing? <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't, that there was no creator behind it. Oh, that was no creator, yeah. Yeah, so, if I mean, it's it just doesn't make sense if you say, look at all the, you know, the anatomy of this person or the, the this tree or this big patch of grass, all these cows. How can, there's so many complex things in the world. How can this possible, how can all of that been made without no force behind that creating that? Yeah. Is it, it's not possible. It's, mm. it doesn't, it doesn't make sense logically that you can say that all this has happened without there being something behind this, you know, took God to create the earth, the world, the seas, you know, in six days and the seventh day he rested. I always wondered kind of how that's like split off to, you know, what did, what exactly, how long did it take God to make the oceans? You know, like he worked a solid about 30 hours on the Pacific Ocean, then kind of switched over to the Atlantic, you know, <laughs> Pangea. That's what they say with all the continents together. But, you know, I'm just thinking, I wonder, you know, we'll never know, but it's just kind of a funny thought. It's going to be a really good debate. I'm, I'm really excited for it. We're also having a, well, we're having a household debate, but I wanted to get some, to some questions we have in the Discord. Oh, boy, um, here we go. This is the fun part. Yeah, we got uh, <laughs> a few. So, so, not so many, we not have many, a Discord, but. by the way, guys, if you go to D uh, the, the link Franciscan is in... chat. I'm not going to yeah. say the word. <laughs> Don't say chat. that word. Franny's. I'm to. Franny's chat. If you guys, yeah. guys want to drop us some questions, we have the Discord link in our Franny's chat. If you and I posted chat, it just on my regular Facebook and page, you also, so. yeah, you also posted so, it. So uh, if you follow that link, you can send us questions on air. We will answer them. So what questions? It better um, not be from this poetic leopard dude like we had last time. Okay, I have a quote from Poetic Reptile. Oh, my god! You said leopard again. I know. I purposely <laughs> said leopard. <laughs> All right, Poetic Reptile. We're getting to your, your questions here. Uh, the bells are ringing. Get it going. Okay, quote, <laughs> me being stupid, not from the East Coast. <laughs> So only East Coasters are smart, are smart, or should I say East Coast life makes West Coast life look like potato chips? Okay, whoever you are, you you poetic reptile, you're not you're savage, man. That's pretty savage. That is so savage. Okay, West Coast uh, people are smart. West Coast people are smart. I don't know, man. I don't know. Have don't you met know. some? Have you met have you gone to SoCal? I've okay. So people by the ocean, they're either super rich or super Unintelligent. I've never stoned. Stoned. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't really. I mean, I've or been super. Did you say you were super intelligent? Super. Did you just call us intelligent? I, mean, I don't know if you've been down the same thing in a while. <laughs> no, I'm, well, I'm kidding. Well, you ever go by the coast? Right? Those, those million dollar houses on the water. Oh yeah. Those people made a living, and they did it right, unless they won the lottery. <laughs> did, <laughs> or did they do it right? Illegal. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not talking about morals here. Did they do I, it I right? I learned in my telecommunications class today. Do you think that it's better to be amoral than immoral? Think about it. Is it better to not have morals than to be immoral? I mean, is it possible not to have morals? That's what I'm... Th so think about it. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. 
Is it, is po- it possible not that's to have my, morals? That's what my argument was. Is it possible that to, to live without have, morals? How can you possibly not have morals? I don't think you can. Well, if you because if you, everything you do, you have a you have you have something in mind, a goal, right? Yeah. You, everything you do, every you know, in your daily life. What's up? Um, on your daily life, you're doing something, right? That's yeah. that's moral because you're trying to get to that point to complete that objective. That's a moral, isn't it? I mean, I guess you're yeah. immoral when you're sleeping. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know any you're other situation. Getting good sleep, you know. You're getting, you're getting good, good sleep. sleep. No. Uh, is it better to be amoral than immoral? Well, I, if I, you can't be I, amoral, then it wouldn't be better. So well, I don't know if you can. I mean, literally, you do things that are good or bad in that I mean, direction. Scotus thinks you can do things that are indifferent, but I'm I'm kind of undecided on that. Um, I just I think okay, it's better it's, worse it's better to, to be, be immoral. Amoral. If it's possible to be amoral, it's better than being immoral because being immoral okay. is bad, right? Okay. Obviously, being meh is better than being bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Big the facts Lord here says, on McKellen and Alex. The Lord right says. Here. The Lord says, if you are lukewarm, it is better that I have never known you. So. Oh man. Got to be serious. If it's okay, so I just want to reiterate. Yes. If it's from the poetic reptile, if you want, skip over that person a couple of times so we can see other questions. Oh, that's the. These are the questions. <laughs> um, there's another question from poetic reptile. Okay, we but, love you, reptile. Uh, <laughs> Claire asks, talk about President Trump being at the March for Life. All right. Okay. So wait, let me wait. A, wait a second. One second. Okay. I'll let you. First wait. of all, <laughs> it went. Okay, I, I tracked it. Wait, let's see, what's today, Thursday? Okay, two days ago on Tuesday, it was a rumor that he was going to be there. Now, apparently today here at Franciscan, everyone thinks it's guaranteed going to happen. He's going to be there. But I've heard no different evidence. He hadn't tweeted anything. He heard the Franciscans are coming. Okay, well, somebody told me it was a press release or something like that. Like, oh, did you hear that he's going to be there? I literally think it went from rumor to rumor, but confirmed because somebody was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Do you know know who else is going to be there? Or maybe, okay, maybe I'm really stupid and just wrong. All right, who's else going to be there? You know who else is going to be there? Hundreds of... Top security. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get snipers searched. on roofs. I'm uh, talking about literally snipers on the roof. Um, yeah, but there's going to be. Gonna yeah, be I mean, they will, there will be. There, there will be, be snipers <laughs> on the roof. But uh, Mr. Trump, Donald oh, Trump, oh, oh. as my friend. Oh, Trump will attend. Okay. Yeah, okay. He, well, yeah, he's going to be there. All right. Trump all will right. be there. Make America great again. Hashtag 2020. JK, he will be there. All the doubters, me, uh, I, I looked it up he, on Twitter. He didn't post it on his own Twitter. He posted like it's on the White House Twitter. White House Twitter. <laughs> uh, I think Twitter is legitimately like cesspool of Satan or something like that. It's so bad. <laughs> That's a quote. Somebody quote this. Please. Like Twitter, Twitter man, is the cesspool of Satan. Like Twitter has a. I don't know. I, I guarantee okay, you later I was, in the show you're gonna see. Yeah, poetic reptile will quote it for me. Thank, <laughs> thanks so much. Uh, no, it's Twitter is so bad. Twi- Did it's you? So bad. Okay, yeah. Okay. So. Okay, so I was I was thirteen when I quit Twitter and I never I've never had a Twitter. Good. I don't like tweeting. You're I'm not on tweeting. your own. I'm not tweety. You're a boomer. And the on boat Facebook. went walking. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the boat went walking. Have you seen that Tweety and Sylvester episode of Looney Tunes? <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. White House. Whoever likes Looney Tunes, give us a like out there, man. Looney Yo, Tunes. Give, me, give us a like. Lo- Looney Tunes is epic, man. This Friday, January twenty fourth, President Real Donald Trump at Real Donald Trump at will Real be the Donald first. Trump. President in history to attend the March for Life. First comment, that isn't something to brag about. 234 <laughs> likes. Well, what, Thanks, why? Twitter. Thanks, bro. Okay, so I have a question for you because you're more well-rounded than this. 
Is it? And I know you are. Yo, you call me fat, dude? <laughs> 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 All right, what's up? Okay. What's up? All right. Go for it. Shoot. So if you, okay, so if you are a prideful person. Which I am. Okay, we're, we all have some pride in us, but. All right. What's the difference from that and being confident in something? If you're confident, okay, so if you're confident in your abilities to do something and you know you can do it and you do do it, is is that being prideful if you just show it? I mean, I don't understand because if you say, oh, I'm going to do this, you literally say, I'm going to do this and do that. And let me just hear your side. Mm-hmm. Is it on? Yeah, you're good. You're so, good. Um, I'm a little uh, malfunction here. Right. Little if, you, if you say... If you say you're going to do it and you do it, yeah. why do people think that's prideful? If you say, that, oh, I'm going to do this, watch. Well, it's a false notion of humility. That makes right. It's so, a false notion of humility and pride. Like pride is not being confident in your work. It's um, Pride is thinking that you're better than everybody else, right? Uh, Pretty much. It's so difficult. I've thought about this a lot in a different ways, but, but what I if never you, really came to much. What if you prove to do something better than everybody else? Oh, okay, okay, you know, okay, okay. I don't know. It's a fine Here, line this between... Idea. Take this it's idea. It's a fine line between pride and confidence. You know, it's... Take this idea. Okay, so Dionysius the Areopagite has this idea of... I'm sorry, what hierarchy. was that name? Say that Dionysius of the Areopagite, which is actually... Dionysius the Areopagite? It's not technically him, but it was under his name, but it was a little bit later. But, what a name. Um, there is this idea, and Aquinas picked it up, called the basically the hierarchy of being, that all things in the hierarchy of being... Um, that God's at the top of the hierarchy of being, and it, obviously he's separate because he's transcendent. But in this, you know, he is, you know, being itself. So you're not going to, he's not technically on the, the hierarchy. He is like above everything else. But then you have like angels who are higher than men and men are higher than uh, the animals. The animals are higher than the plants. The plants are higher than like minerals. And Such stuff a like hierarchy. That. There's a hierarchy all the way through. Men themselves also exist in a hierarchy. Right, so you have those to whom you know more authority and power has been given, and they're to be showed due, due reverence. And men exist in hierarchy, and we have hierarchies in our family as well, right? Father, mother, children, all of us exist in this hierarchy, and the the hierarchy exists to actualize the potential of those lower in the hierarchy. So there's certain things uh, and decisions that those higher are trying to provide the circumstances by which the the lower will achieve their perfection, right? Ordering things properly, right? So the angels are above men and they they properly order the universe. So the angels are, are all about properly ordering all of material things. So there's angels that order material things. There are angels that are given for individuals. So all of us have guardian angels. There are angels that are given over particular cities, particular towns, angels for families, um, According to tradition, a priest has two guardian angels. Um, like, there's angels all the way through, right? And they properly order all these things. And they're supposed to be properly ordering the human person as well and the church and all these different things, right? Like in Revelation, when Jesus addresses his letters to the angels, or sorry, John does, to the angels of the, the churches uh, that are over the churches. So the angels try and properly order. So in human society as well, we also have hierarchy. At the family level, it's the father, then the mother, and the children. And, uh, yeah, we all exist in this hierarchy. So it's not pride to assume your role in the hierarchy, which I think a lot of people have been um, 
mistaking. It's not prideful to say, I hold this office, this role, this hierarchical status, and therefore I'm being prideful. No. What, what would be prideful is if you over-exaggerate your okay. office to the, Fair. like, to the, um, so us as, like, students right now, or, and we have our own abilities, right? So, you know, we're both doing this podcast or something, and we do it well, obviously. This is a fantastic podcast, this everybody. This is the Kellen Alex But, show. like, it's not prideful to be confident in the fact that we do a good podcast or yeah. to, like, enjoy doing it. It would be prideful if we're, like, um, we, Putting up we're, 60. We're, using, we're using it only for our benefit and not for the good of others and for, you know, its accomplished purpose, but in a sort of self-aggrandizement or like a, in an ego trip, these type of things. That's where pride enters in, but not in like the proper use of hierarchical mediation. Like what we're doing, you know, and being confident and, and enjoying it. And you can even enjoy your work and whatever. That's not pride. That's just confidence. And in fact, it's a sort of humility. The humility is... Knowing what you're, you know, knowing what you're supposed to do, doing it well, and keeping that proper focus on this is not for me. It's oriented towards Christ and the church and for the good of others. Um, I Like St. Joseph, I think, is a fantastic model in humility, right? You have, even in Matthew's gospel, right, he receives the message that Mary is... Um, going to conceive, has conceived uh, the Christ, God made man. And he realizes his own insufficiencies to such a degree, he says, we're going to have to separate. And he makes an intention. He, he realizes his own insufficiency so much. He says, I can't be your husband because you're, you are so holy and you're about to have God as your child, right? In Christ. <laughs> and he says, I, I can't do this right now. And the angel appears to him and says, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And once he receives the angel's direction, he humbly says, okay, I'm going to be the stepfather of God while he's on earth. You know, like, is that prideful? No, it's the absolute object of humility. And he doesn't say a word. He just does it, right? And it's such an example. And, you know, and then uh, they have to go to Bethlehem. They go to Bethlehem. And then he gets warned in another dream and says, Herod is about to kill the child and it, like is about to kill the child. So take the child and his mother to Egypt. And he immediately woke from the dream and just fled. Like that's humility as well. It's, I mean, he could have gotten up and been like, that was a weird dream and gone back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> or, or just disobeyed and, and said, yeah. why go to Egypt? Why would I ever go to Egypt? Like, do you know how far Egypt is? From like where we were in Jerusalem, that's a lot of distance. So that's a long through ways. the desert. That's desert. Walking, you're not driving walking. or flying, like walking. And walking. they might not have had like money for like. Might have had a couple camels. A couple, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe if they were lucky. Why didn't we ride a camel in the Holy Land? We should. There was a camel there. There was that? one in, in Jericho. Well, because uh, it'd be the most touristy thing you could possibly do. That's true. I'm I'm kind of a tourist. I have to be honest. I can't really blend in much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As pride, pride can be shirt. very, very subtle. It can be very, very subtle. But don't confuse it with like doing your work and doing things well and doing what you're confident in well. Because once you start doing that, it's a false type of humility, which is also a pride in a way, right? Because your false humility is trying to be, trying to appear more virtuous to yourself or to others by, by uh, not 
stepping into your role that you're supposed to, right? You're, you're trying to basically virtue signal through stepping down from what you should be doing by saying, oh, well, I'm so humble. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to be so humble. I'm not going to be so prideful. I'm not going to do this thing. I know I'm going to do really well and it's going to help people. Like that's stupid. And it's a, it's a form of pride to what, do that. What's your answer to people that say humility is no fun be, or humility is, is, is stinks because it's no fun? What's your, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> just being honest, like, uh, because I don't know. Pride's I, not very fun either. Pr- I mean, I mean, you, you can't you get, be in the moment, but you not know. really. I don't know. It, people that say, you know, humility, man, it's just, oh man, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a weird line, you know. It's I like to be more active. I want to move. I want to do things. And and you know, being humble a lot of the times, you know, people think it's just kind of almost being like idle and just, oh, I'm you know, I'm so just I'm, I'm in a prayerful mood. <laughs> so stupid. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it, prideful itself. It's prideful itself to be like, oh, I'm in a prayerful mood. <laughs> I'm so humble. I'm not going to do all these things that'll make me uh, better. It's okay. Like, yeah. No. So okay. So it's like it's like being. What's the word for not moving? Maybe, maybe, maybe this would be fine. Do your <laughs> work and shut your mouth. Subtle. Like, do, do your, your work, work and shut, shut your mouth. Okay, there's, a, there's a, okay, Benedict's rule. Ora et labora. Pray and work. Like, I didn't hear anything of their, like, and express to the world how humble you are. Or, <laughs> like, or denigrate your work and, like, tell, tell everybody, oh, oh, well, I just do little stuff. I don't do Or really throw Pachamama idols in the river. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I liked that. All right. Oh, that, that was good, but man. Yeah, you do what you're supposed to do. And it's it's not it's not prideful to say, I'm good at something. Let me do it well. And let me actually take that on. Because that's that could be your duty, the thing you're supposed to do in this hierarchy of being. Actualizing the potential of those under you. And if you're in a role above others, not stepping up to the plate and properly ordering it is not being humble. Right. And coming through and saying, I need to properly order this and like lay down the law and make sure stuff happens is not being prideful and thinking, you know, everything. Right. Like when Joseph came to Mary and said, "Okay, it's time to go to Egypt, like because she was perfect, she said, yes, okay, I follow your lead on this. But like he he just humbly went and did it. He didn't like it's just the humble doing of what you're supposed to do and bragging about it is like the big thing, right? Because everyone wants to appear honorable, right? And Dante's in, in the Paradiso, I'm pretty sure. Um, I believe Constantine's up there in, in heaven or something, but he's with those who, who sought honor. And that's the reason why they did good things is they sought to be honorable. And it's not a bad motive, but um, in seeking to be honorable, you can lose the, the beauty of being humble because you... You're showing to the world how good you are at being, how good you are at being humble and doing your work. And by doing that, you're you're kind of strafing the line between humility and prideful pridefulness. Like humility doesn't seek, it doesn't seek the the honor of others um, as a motive for why it does what is good. It just you just do what is good, you know, and don't like proclaim it to the world. Look how great I am. Interesting. Interesting. It's it's a tough like it's it's tough. You, I mean it's you gotta grow in, in virtue in all ways and, and yeah. pride and humility is like is such a big deal. I mean it's really huge. 
All right, we got more. Uh, so we'll take. We a got couple, more. Another we'll take question. A couple questions, and then we'll go to a break. Uh, Half the break. cows of Chick Fil A turn to the dark side, as in After, the Black wait, Angus dark side. Start over. Start over. I don't know what you, what they're asking here, but have the cows of Chick Fil A turned to the dark side, as in the Black Angus dark side? Oh, so have you heard what's going on? No, Chick Fil A is like I think they're thinking about like making a no, a, it's like half half beef and half chicken or something. No. I don't know if that's what that person is addressing. I'm not no. sure. No, is that what Chick Fil A will never never do it. They'll, they're just no. Chick Fil A is talking trash. <laughs> are they? Is, is that it? Is that just it? If Chick Fil A starts serving beef. No, the, uh, that, that, they better might as well change their name to beef, beef fillet or whatever. <laughs> Chick fil A, beef fillet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief, chief fillet. <laughs> there you go, chief fillet. Speaking of chiefs, we'll talk about a little Super Bowl Ooh. preview right when we come back from this break. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back on WFRSCC eighty-eight point three FM. All right, we are back here on WFRSCC eighty-eight point three FM. The Kellen and Alex show. Thanks so much for everybody tuning in. Uh, we really love this. Something I love to do, just talking on the radio and camera and all that stuff. So much fun. So uh, we got a yeah. question. <clears throat> we got a question. So here, here's our uh, our second question of the night or something. Like that? Yep. How much can intentions really affect the good done? Okay. So how much can intentions really affect the good that is done? Okay, Alex, you're a philosophy uh, and theology uh, major. I'm a communications I'm about to get major. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so the good, if you uh, if, if you have intention, does play a role. If you have bad intentions, um, and you accidentally do something good, meaning, how can you, how's, how do you do that though? If you're intending to do something bad, but you don't, if you're intending to do something bad, regardless bad, of the result, it's still bad, right? If you make a bad intention to do something, and you make like an an act of that bad bad intention in some way. It can be. It would be bad, right? Even, let, if, even say, if the result was good. Let's say you're plotting to murder somebody. Okay. Right, and you're sitting around and you plot to murder somebody. Now, if you don't murder somebody, you're not guilty of murder technically, but you've you're guilty of plotting the murder, right? Now, if thoughts arise in your mind where you're like, you think like a random like temptation to start thinking about murdering somebody. Obviously, that's not. Um, <laughs> that's not. Uh, that's not, you're not guilty of that. Like thoughts that can occur to you. But if right. you, if you start thinking about it and you're like willfully making that action of thinking to do that bad thing, you're intending to do it. Even if it's not fulfilled, you're at least guilty of the intention to do the bad act. Um, so can intentions it, really affect the good done? Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you're, let's say you're doing a good thing out of a bad intention, right? So you're doing, uh, uh, you know, you're going to school so you can get a degree, so you can, you know, I, I'm making a crazy example, but yeah, so you can make money to get back at your friends who are also successful. So what you're really doing not is not intending to get an education, but the purpose, your intention of getting an education is making more money my, than my friends because I'm really envious of them. Hmm. So it can be a good thing to get an education, but you can make it bad by your intentions in the sense of you're only doing it to you know, show your friends that you're better than them. So your bad intentions can ruin something that's good. Okay. Um, uh, so something that would normally be good if you come to it with bad intentions, you can, you know, um, or like if you're intending in a relationship to, you know, not to 
get married, but just to use the other person or something like that. And you have a bad intention. Like relationship, having a relationship can be a good thing, but you're coming at it the wrong intention, so it becomes a bad thing. Um, other, other situations are like that. And so your intentions can make a good thing something, normally a good thing, something bad. And so intentions do matter because it's what your, your, your actions go along with it. Now, if you just have a thought, like that's a temptation to do, to start intending a bad thing, that thought now not necessarily is bad. Um, okay. I'm going to keep reading what they're saying. Like if someone, uh, like if someone does something good, but they did it only to be seen as a good person, not necessarily do uh, to do the good act itself, but to seek praise or something along these lines, does it really affect the good done? Uh, well, that's what the person in chat says. Well, it comes down to, I mean, because they did, they okay, so they did a good act, but they did it for the purpose of being, get like recognized, recognition, prideful. Yeah. That's not good though. No. That's not good. Yeah, exactly. Because their intention is bad. That's right. Just, but, well, it, you know, well, it's lesser. You, it is lesser. It's now, lesser. they were okay. intending. Yeah. They're attending by it to be seen as the best, and they were envious of everyone else because they were seen really good. So they're doing this good act to be praised in the face and basically take like a like a pleasure in the fact that, oh, you know, Joe isn't being praised for this. I'm being praised for this. So there's an envy underlying it. Obviously, it can be it can be bad. So intention does play a role. It plays a big role, right? And it, and it depends on the case. But so meaning, um, yeah, we should try and in your daily life, purify your intentions by which you do stuff. And I think one of the best ways to purify your intentions is offer up your day. So at the beginning of your day, say, I offer everything in this day to you, O Lord, and, you know, do all things for your greater glory is a fantastic way to start to orient all of your things towards Christ, who is the, you know, the one who provides all of the good, right? There's no good except for what comes from God. And so if you're orienting all, all of that to God, then you're, you're, you're starting to do something right already. And then your intentions can like, you know, you can refresh those intentions, get those better. Um, cool. Is there another question there? I will check the Discord for a question. Uh, <laughs> another quote from Poetic Reptile. You're more well-rounded than I am. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> <That's a good laughs> um. Oh, okay, we got a question from the P. Flair. Oh, question. Great. Ever Peter, since Trump, Peter Flaherty. Here we go. <laughs> Ever since Trump took the office, there appears to be a spike in secular pro-life figures. Do you think this could help the pro-life cause or hinder it? What advantages does this offer to the pro-life cause to have non-religious men and women speaking for the unborn? Okay, so I used to go to the Walk for, the walk for Life in San Francisco, California. And I did that every time... Until I came here. They don't march in San Francisco. That's too military. They Okay. You know what? Walk for life. I think That's San, too military okay. sounding. I'm going to, this is going to be controversial. I'm going I'm to co-op this for a second. You know, San Fran kicked out all their military and they all came to San Diego. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, California. Yeah. We right? love the, We love the military in San Diego, right? San, Diego, San Fran. Big SoCal. Big, no. uh, big SoCal. You like there. Berkeley and they did all their protests. All right. Yeah. We're back to pro-life stuff. So we went to the walk for life. There was this lady, I think it was about three or, uh, no, probably five years ago. And she was atheist and she talked about how wrong it is to get an abortion, how much she regretted. I think she had like three or four abortions and she said how she just regretted it so much. And that was an atheist woman speaking, atheos without God. She's not religious at all, completely atheist. And uh, it just comes to show 
there are certain things in this life that you can do that can have a, a lot, do a lot of damage to the human person, religious of you being religious, or, uh, sorry, regardless of you being religious or not. That woman was deeply affected by the abortions that she had, and she wasn't even religious. Now, usually at these rallies, we hear mostly religious people. Um, Trump's religious, and he'll be coming talking at the you know March for Life. But this lady was atheist, meaning that she doesn't believe in God, and she recognized the fact that this was an evil thing that she was doing. Yeah, killing a baby, you know, that's murder. You know, you if you if that you is murder. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Killing a baby, that's murder. And facts, know, it's boy. Obviously, you know, too. Yeah. It's recognized, uh, you know, killing a woman that's pregnant, double murder. Mm. You know, so yeah. double murder. You know, so I think honestly, I think the pro-life movement is making a resurgence, and I think it's been doing it since literally five, ten years ago. I'm, I'm the, more the women's the women's okay, but the women's march in D.C. has gone down. I went to the women's march oh, last year, and I mean, I didn't. I'm obviously I didn't participate. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the women's I, march. I, I didn't year. participate. Okay, okay. just you, you were in DC. At I was the in time DC and I saw it, and I saw a lot of disgusting yep. things. And um, it's just it's sad that people have this idea that you you know you you become pregnant and. You want to kill a child, uh, just a little innocent baby, and you have no remorse whatsoever doing it. I mean, it's like it's like you're doing something without recognizing that that's a person. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, well, what goes well, through? And, I, and now, now I under, you know I understand that there's thousands of circumstances, right? That you know, especially the biggest one being rape. You know, that's one big. You know, let's let's step for a second though. But, but that okay. that one's very you know. Why uh, do people? Okay, we were talking about last time about you know the wars in the Middle East and the U.S. with dominance, and we like money comes first, morals maybe second or third. Right. There's that. Okay. There's that two sided thing. There. Why do people have an abortion? Money. Do they do they sit around saying, "Oh, look, I got pregnant. Let's just kill the child"? No, it's because children are expensive, and I have wants. My wants is money. My wants is more money. I want more money, you know, and we, you know, because they're, they're, uh, you know, there's nothing crying back to you or like whatever. You could just say, well, we'll just kill the baby. Like, okay, look, dude, everyone knows that's a person. Nobody's stupid enough. And so all the arguments of like, oh, well, um, you know, we have to convince the, the pro-choicers that it's, it's actually a person. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. That's they the don't thing. care. Yeah. They just care about my. They they care about two things. They care about um, my wallet will be hurt if. Sorry, uh, let's back. I'm I'm going to talk just the pro-choice advocates and whatever. They say I don't want the government to limit my ability to kill a human being for profit, for for a potential uh, to avoid a loss of of money. <laughs> I don't want the government to tell me that. And so we're going to, we're going to keep it at the marketplace that abortions can happen. Um, <laughs> they, they just, it's so, um, what are you doing? Okay. 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 You're just checking the, checking, the, checking the thing out. Okay. Okay. So we're checking our technical stuff. It's, it's, no, such, it's, it's a money thing. Yeah, it's a money thing, I mean, dude. Money is king, man. Uh, money globalism. is king of, 
Well, it is individual. People have, okay, what's, what's the greatest fulfillment for Americans? Individual fulfillment. And then when we need to, national identity so we can fight against enemies. But and we rally like, well, I'm pro-American and all this stuff. And then you have, you know, the liberals who want to do all the social stuff and then the conservatives who just want to basically keep, mor- uh, it's difficult to say. They, they want like things to stay the same and everything else, but it's, it's predicated on individualism. And so the conservative arguments against abortion, because they're not Catholic, um, when they start talking about personhood and this other stuff, they're talking out of two sides of their mouth a lot of times. Conservatives who are, so to get to your question about conservatives who are, are non-Catholic and they're not Christian in their outlook, like their arguments... Um, it's, their arguments go back to family. A lot of it is like, oh, well, this is bad for the family. And we, we want like better families and stuff. And like, but a lot of these conservatives still have principles of money first and capitalism first. And like my individual expression as highest and my individual will as highest. Um, and they're not the ones who are looking to get abortion sometimes. Ugh, it gets difficult, and, and which is the reason why, like, the conservative party, just give it 15 years, and it'll be the liberal party of the last, like, 20 years. <laughs> it's because it just keeps shifting. It just keeps We're, shifting, yeah. Well, it's because people think, like, oh, well, as Catholics, we can just be conservatives and be fine. It's like, don't you know how, like, absolutely radically different Catholics are than any other anything, especially other Christians? This whole idea that, oh, we're so like the Protestants. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) we have a pope who's in Rome. Like, first of all, and then Protestantism just descends into American ideals, right? I mean, it's with Christ uh, with it in in some ways. It's like, well, well, I'm basically a good citizen and a good American. And then like, yeah, Christ is cool. And so I'll go to church sometimes. But that always denigrates just to a, a, a nationalism and individualism, like, you don't really care. I mean, you, you care about like salvation and stuff and you'll talk about salvation, but like it's in an individual way, obviously. Like the aim of the church is the salvation of souls and the renewal of all things in the kingdom of Christ. And that's like every aspect of, of the entire universe should be under the social reign of Christ. Like that idea is at such odds with the American ideal of just individual expression and nationalism and all this type of stuff. And we just don't, we don't accept it, and we say, well, we'll find an ally in the conservative party or something like that. So, by the way, in the ch- in the church, for Catholics, the, the idea of, like, a Catholic vote, we're split, liberal and and, and uh, Democrat and, and Republican, like, or liberal and conservative. Like, we, Catholics have lost that distinctiveness, and we've just become political parties because we've adopted these American ideals just like the king of individualism and liberalism and... Like the Catholic distinctiveness. So, okay, we have non-conservative. Okay, we have Trump in office, fantastic. And we have these non-Catholic, atheistic conservatives who are doing pro-life. It's like, okay, great. They're not a solution. They're just like one little bump in our direction on a whole road going to hell. So, <laughs> like, I'm not so enthusiastic. Now, I support it, obviously. Just like you support anything on, you know, leading towards a more Catholic position. But look, dude, like... I'm more cynical than that. Do I think the U.S. is going to change on abortion? No. Not in a long, long time. I agree. Now, if if the church actually gets gets its stuff together and starts worrying about, you know, really, like, bringing the social reign of Christ in all aspects of life and not just adopting liberalism and, and individualism, like, even within the church, people are just like, what really matters is making sure you get a house and a nice job and you be successful. 
what really doesn't matter is transforming all aspects of human life Evangel to the social reign of Christ. Like, when was the last? All aspects of life? Yeah, you mean all aspects of life? You mean politics? You mean your podcast? You mean, like... You I, mean, and I mean... the You getting a car? Do you mean how many kids you have? Are you using contraception? Are you going to mass? Are you catechizing your kids? Where are you sending them to school? Like, what does your prayer life at home look like? Um... What does your devotion devotion look like? What does your work life look like? Okay, so I had a story. I had a neighbor who worked for this company for a long time. He was telling me this story. Worked for this company for a long time, was really, really doing well. And this year he had made something like, he was, he already, his salary was like 500K or something like that. But he was going to be making uh, a bonus <clears throat> of percentage bonus because he basically took the company from something like a hundred million to like four hundred million in a, in like a year. So he was going to be getting this fat check of like two million or something like that, which isn't that fat compared to how much he made for the company. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And then on the day before he was going to get paid, uh, he walks up to his office, and there's a security guard outside, and he he the security guard he's like, hey, do you know uh, Bill this? And it was the guy, Bill. I'm using a different name. And um, he's like, yeah, I know Bill. And it's, it's him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, good. I'm here to, to get his stuff. Uh, I'm here to, here's this box to get his stuff. Where should I put it? He got fired the day he before. He got fired the day yeah. before. So he would, have he would have had a million and a half dollar check that they were supposed to owe him because, of, because it was on percentage wise. They fired him the day before he was going to get that check. Well, why did they fire him? So they could pocket the million and a half. Oh, geez. Okay. Now, and the guy who's his manager, he he said it totally messed him up because obviously that was ridiculous. He, he had to deal with all of that. He even tried to take him to court and stuff and it wouldn't work. And he went to his manager and he was like, the guy who was above him said, how could you do this? And like, he's, it's that betrayal totally messed him up because like later on he was like, yeah. And I, I thought he was like a good Christian guy and like all about values and stuff. When push came to shove, he said um, they wanted to pocket the million and a half and not pay me what I was due. And it was part of his contract that they could terminate him on the last day or something like that. So, uh, and what do you say about that? Okay, it's immoral. Like, you say, okay, it's immoral. And even on a human level, uh, you know, but like the Catholic ideal is all of your aspects of life. You don't just put your Christianity at the door when you get into your business. Or you don't put your Christianity at the door when you start like... Right. It extends into your overall life. It extends into absolutely all parts of life. And so like the conservative voices that are like pro, uh, pro-life pro in these ways, like I'm more cynical about them. I, I'm not seeing them as like leading the charge to... to I, I think... Who should be leading the charge on this pro-life stuff? Catholics. We're the only ones who really care. I, I, completely. I mean, the, the Protestants in some areas, okay, I'm not, I'm not discounting everyone, but like we're organized more. We should be organized more against this. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. The bishops don't talk about it. No one talks about it. You know, no one's writing about it. Like when Mother Teresa came here, she came to the United States. She came to Harvard and gave the Harvard address. She talked about abortion for like 20 minutes. She's like, how can a country... Yeah. That does all this stuff. Be yeah. killing its own children. Yeah, she said. And, you know, my actually, uh, that's unbelievable, that statement. And my parents actually worked with Mother Teresa of Calcutta in India because, you know, doing medical work there. They worked with a lot of children, man. And I tell you what, your life changes when you work with children. My dad says that 
Anytime I go into his office, he says, man, working with children as a doctor is such a different science. It's such a different science. Mm. And you learn so much by working with these little kids. And you look at, how can, how can you kill a child? I just don't understand. The, the argument is that, oh, it's not a child. All right. Well, sorry. I mean, you're wrong. It's a child. <laughs> there's yep. something in there. It's not, there's not like there's no thing in the womb. And it just, it blows my mind that, and Mother Teresa's is right. How can a country with this much going for it, all these things, you know, one of the richest nations in the world, how can you guys be killing your own children? Yeah. Can somebody like, please explain to me how that happens? Oh, well, easy. Liberty. <laughs> Liberty and money is king. Liberty. It's, it's, it's your individual will is king. And, and, and the highest ideal is individual fulfillment based on a capitalistic market system with, <laughs> with ultimately like, and, and when we need to, like an American first, like uh, nationalism to fight foreign enemies. But like ultimately it's like individual success and fulfillment. And so uh, killing your baby for financial security and comfort, well, you made a mistake and you got pregnant, right? Which isn't supposed to happen because we're using contraception. Mm-hmm. And, and oh man, try and go against contraception, even against Catholics. It's like 85%. Like, yeah. Ridiculous why? Now. Because the whole idea of the social reign of Christ and of Christ in general has been completely, it's like the, it's the little... Yeah, it's the little cherry on top of your Chick-fil-A uh, milkshake, you know? <laughs> it's that little thing you can get it with or you can get it without, and it doesn't really change the substance of the whole thing, you know? It'll taste a little sweet, right? Um, you, get, you get that little uh, little cherry on your Bloody Chick-fil-A milkshake. milkshake. Yeah, <laughs> but like the whole milkshake is just liberty and individualism, and you feel like crap afterwards, right? Or you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That was um, one of the night right there. So that's <laughs> that's that's Christianity of today, right? Yeah. Where it's supposed to be just a it's supposed to be just a, a bowl of cherries. It's supposed to be the bowl of just <laughs> Christianity, right? It's not supposed to be this such a distinction, man. But uh, and it's uh yeah, it's just a little carrying card. You know, it's it's like a club. And in fact, you know, um <laughs> After like the fifties and sixties, the amount of like attendance in like fraternal societies, like um, all sorts of like different clubs and whatever, all theirs tanked, and so did like the church, and so did like Protestants. <laughs> all tanked at the same time, and it was just like because why? Because what do you need religion for if you're yeah. really if you're really smart and self sufficient and stuff like that? Uh, you don't need this carrying card of like, well, I'm a Christian, I like Christ and stuff. It's like, come on, you don't need that. You're smarter than that. You know, you're intelligent. Make your dream on your own. Who needs a, an ex- external God and Christ and all this stuff to do that? That's the yeah. modern idea. And and what's crazy is like that idea of success, this natural success with no grace, with no idea of all aspects of life should be transformed for Christ in the church and for the salvation of souls. Like that idea is so dead that no one ever lives it. And, and what would it look like? So many people don't know. And even if people tried to live it, you know, it's not even... To that length, to that extent, you know, we should be that. It should be, but we've really lost that. I mean, you know, people try to do as much as they can, but, you know, it's. Oh, we got a compliment from the the leopard. That was an awesome explanation of humility. 
Well, I know uh, it was, man. I'm so good at giving <laughs> you a humble. So I am good at. Let me just tell you, I am humility. so good at giving good things of humility. <laughs> I'm probably the best nope. around. Nope. I'm pretty much the nope. best. I would say I'm pretty much. I'm the most humblest person I know. <laughs> the most humble. <laughs> That's the a most Trump humblest? quote, by the way. He said, "I'm more humble than you could even understand." <laughs> I'm more humble than you. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm confident. I'm more. Yeah, he said it in. I think it was 60 minutes. He said, "I'm more humble than you could even understand." <laughs> that is so good. We're gonna so see good. that man in a couple days, dude. Uh, look, man. I, no, he's Friday. he's no savior, but like, no, yeah, he does make me laugh. All right. And and Trump, for that alone, I, I'm I'm Trump, enthusiastic. Can I? T- you could just tell Obama was like so deep state, and he was so. He was so involved in just the shady stuff that goes on with globalism. Oh, yeah. And at least I know a Trump. Like, Tell the speech, Alex. Tell the, the speech. Globalism speech. Okay, well, look. I, I've kind of changed it. I, I don't have hopes. We, yeah, we reject we reject the ideology of globalism. We embar- and embrace the heart of nationalism. Or Boom, patriotism, patriotism, America. Nationalism. We reject the principles of globalism. <sighs> I mean, I'm we more embrace f- the heart of patriotism. Once again, it's no solution. It's no solution because the heart of a patriot still is, like, not a high ideal. Right. But, like, patriotism, if it's properly ordered under Christ in the church. But, like, good luck with that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm more humble. Oh, Chick-fil-A is defunding. They're defunding Christian organizations in an attempt to go worldwide to countries more hostile to Christianity. But I was excited to hear about the half beef, half chicken. <laughs> Did you come up with that? No, is I that didn't. Real? I, oh, I could have sw- sworn that's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody call real. in and tell me right now. Actually, we're not taking calls, sorry. <laughs> oh, shoot, that's you can, right. We're you can get on our Discord. Go to the Discord. Yeah, go to the Discord. It's in Franny's We're chat, still Franny's that. We're still figuring that out. Well, we're, we're taking questions. We will be able to take calls later. But um, we got to quote, they're one little bump in our direction on the road to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. you. That's all you, man. Probably. What are they really conserving? The little bit of morality that was left by the 60s. Yep. That's yep. basically it. That's basically yep. it. Kellen, I heard you ripped your pants. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you remember the other day when you did the national? Shut dance? up, dude. All right. Uh, okay, just let everybody know. Just to let everybody know, I bought a pink suit because just for the heck of it, I figured, hey, why not? I'll wear it. Why not? Uh, why not? Why not? And it only came, so they have like small, medium, large, extra large. And <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, it was a little just, it wasn't the right size and. I had to change out of it because it was just a little bit too tight. So, um, yeah, but no, man, you guys should uh, try to lean away from that a little bit. But uh, this Saturday at 2, B- 2 p.m., if anybody's back, the men's basketball against, I think, Pitt. Yeah, Pitt Bradford, who is, I believe, the worst team in the league. So That's exciting. We'll uh, find a way to lose. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's what we usually We always say, right? do. No, nope. Franciscan no. sports. No, 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 no. Okay, or so. first on Franciscan. No, 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 no. no. I'm telling. <laughs> no, you, I'm supportive of our. I'm telling D3 you, D three push apparently. Yeah, for sure. No, right, no, we we should talk about like why do we do sports here? Do we? We are okay. Why? So, Coach Wallace. Answer me this. Coach no, Wallace, kidding. the coach. Okay, okay. Right, yeah, we're good. No, Coach Wallace on the men's basketball team. Great coach. Great guy. He might be listening right now, actually, because I. Uh, gave him one of Uh-oh. the pamphlets. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. So. I like the sports here. Okay. <laughs> No, Alex is a big uh, – if Coach, you're listening, hats off to you, man. Working with such an awesome team, all those guys. And Alex is a big supporter. He's been to some of the games, I think. <laughs> but, uh, no, I Alex support, has been I there. Support. And uh, we were really pulling for you guys this Saturday. I'll be there. I'll be singing the National Anthem at 2 p.m. Everybody Ooh. come. 
Right at 2 p.m., I'm going to blast the heck out of it. It's going to sound great. I won't be wearing my pink suit, though. I have to go get a replacement. But, no, it's you know, it's just something I enjoy to do. I've, I've been singing since I was three or something. I don't know. Oh, since oh, I nice. was right in the beginning of pre-K, I've been singing. And then went to uh, high school. We had one of the best choirs in the state, Nevada Union High School. Shout out to, uh, if anybody's listening right now, Daniel Fisher, man. Daniel Fisher's my brother. Went to the same high school? Yeah, same high school. Dan, Dan and I grew up together. Uh, and so... Um, he's been always been by my side and we've been singing for a long time together. Me and Dan have been together for a long time. So, you know, really, uh, grateful for that. You know, singing is something I just love to do. You know, we all have passions and singing is one thing that I just love to do. Um, it's great. It's, it's so much You do fun. the national anthem very well. Oh, thank I'm, you. I'm always impressed. The national anthem is one thing that is, Needs you either just do, do it right or you just do it wrong. Yeah. And a lot of people just <laughs> do it wrong. Well, just sing it. And don't try and give me any like crazy like, <laughs> like oh say can you see? Don't do that, yeah. please. Just sing it exactly as it's written. Be a man it's and sing written it directly. Well, okay. It's been it's a nice piece of music. It was a nice poem. I don't know who put it to music, but it was a nice poem. Okay. You know, Star Spangled hey. Banner. It's simple. <clears throat> just sing it and don't try and do all this frills because you're just making everyone cringe the entire time and you know and i'll actually be singing god bless america too that's a good one Uh, at the men's baseball man i'm telling you come out it's the first time in eight years that they're doing this we got a stacked team this year do we really and yeah we have a good team and uh so you know men's baseball first time coming back guys for the first time in eight years they're coming back and uh, they're they're going to be dangerous this year. And you know what the crazy thing is? Nobody knows what they're like. Nobody knows what they're like because this is the first time in a, forever. I almost said something. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what they're like. But I got a couple of friends on the team, Declan Peterson and Nicholas Briarly, man. Yeah. Briarly, what a guy. I'm sure those guys are good. But, uh, you know, Briarly's got a cannon of an arm. Does he really? He's got a cannon. Where, where does he play? I saw him throw from the fence all the way pitching? to second base. Uh, I don't Are you going to throw me in the know. rotation? I don't know. Dude, why don't you join the baseball team, dude? I'm graduating. Oh, shoot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this spring, right, though. For that. They're doing it in March. If they, if all their pitchers' arms fall off, maybe I'll throw a pitch. Okay. All right. There you I go, haven't, Alex, Look, dude, I haven't, I haven't thrown in a long time. My arm's not, not ready for it. I, I, I pitched in high school. Yeah, but. I can't. I mean, I can't pitch as fast as I used to, but... I'm not in baseball shape. Yeah, no. I'm in. I'm in reading yeah, how, shape. How much I'm in of, sitting in a chair. How, and how much to kish, shape. conditioning? I mean, baseball. It's you need not, conditioning. It's not like it's not like football though. You or, need more, if you're going to pitch. You got to be like regularly pitching and regularly yeah, throwing. I mean, you can't just hop into it. Yeah, that's true. You're gonna blow your arm out. Yeah, and that's not. You got to be in good shape. You got to be in yeah. good shape. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I've always been curious to go into like a team workout or something at a professional level. Just see those guys and they're just lifting crazy weights. Just getting jacked. <laughs> Not juiced, jacked. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're getting juiced. <laughs> Astros are getting their uh, oh, their uh, their webcams ready to steal Dude, signs. So me being a big A's fan, you're a oh you're a Padres, you're in the National League, but Woo, Padres. Dude, being an A's fan and being from the same division as the Astros, the Astros are in some deep, deep trouble. Yeah. And I, I'm 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 glad for the punishments that they're getting because it's righteous and i'm sorry for any houston fan here you guys cheated you can't do that <laughs> we'll get a great question yeah. by the way okay here's our here's here's another question for does us. the devil live in hollywood or las vegas 
I'm trying to send him a letter to speed up global warming and I couldn't find his address. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so does the devil live in Las Vegas, uh, Sin City, or does he live in He Los lives in Angeles? Vegas and Hollywood's his summer home. Okay, so Vegas is his winter home? Wait, yes. <laughs> okay, Vegas so Vegas is, is well, his... well, wait a second. No, maybe the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the opposite. Vegas is his summer home. Vegas he, is summer home. He goes when he wants to. Winter is Satan's. He's got his. He's got his home there, but like Los Angeles. No, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood's got. It's like okay. It's like the media headquarters of Satan, right? And like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, like Vegas is the party headquarters. Of Satan, right? <laughs> so Satan's he just partying. Takes a party he's bus from he's partying. Over. He's partying in oh, his nine levels of hell in a casino. <laughs> Vegas is Vegas is getting even weirder, man. It's I mean, it's um, I actually had a few friends move out there because there's just a lot of work because it's just expanding. But yeah, I mean, it's just such a weird dude. Yeah, I would so vibe, I would man. so pursue a career in the UFC, what, like journalism or being an analyst. That'd be so much fun, dude. Fighting is... You'd be knee-deep in, like, the filth of Vegas. So. Dude, you would be. but uh, Knee-deep? Neck-deep, probably? Knee deep, you would know. be. You know, it's it's, it's tough life. I love you sports. Dude, the sports life... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I should do? I should wear my Statue of uh, Liberty costume for the last national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a statue... Dude, I bought a Statue of Liberty costume. No, 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 no. Not a statue. A Lady Liberty uh, costume. Sorry, Lady Liberty. I yeah. bought a lady. I'm not a lady. I bought a Lady Liberty costume. Somebody's it it wasn't this. so... Uh, it wasn't so hot. It was a little bit tight. <laughs> yeah. And I have the... What do you call the... The... Um, the, the fire. What do you call it? The stick of fire that she has. <laughs> you did? What do you call right. it? Uh, torch? Torch. There you go. <laughs> stick of fire. The stick of fire. We, we go to college, lads. Okay. We go to college, friends. We go to right? college, guys. We're still... Guys? We're just kids yeah, here. Right. Come on. We're what? just kids. We'll be adults in 10 years. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, so I bought a Statue of Liberty, Lady Liberty costume, and I wore it in D.C. for uh, for Halloween, for fall break, and it was pretty fun. It was a little bit tight, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I, was, I can't wear that. No, I can't wear that singing the National Anthem. I mean, somebody would have to hold a mic for me if I went like this. <laughs> <laughs> if what went like what? Somebody would have to hold the mic for me if I had oh, my, if you uh, brought your lady liberty torch. stuff. I have a crown too. I have this green crown. Crazy. You have a crown. I have a crown too. That's exciting. <laughs> uh, oh man, I buy the wackiest stuff, dude. It's so, it's so crazy. I buy the wackiest stuff. I got you more do. wacky stuff in store in my closet. <laughs> you can, you materialist, you consumerist, materialistic person. No. I'm the most humble person you ever. I'm the most humble, <laughs> humble person you have ever met. <laughs> Yeah, uh, consumerism, man. <clears throat> Wild. Lady Liberty. Lady Liberty. Can you, you can you imagine what it feels like back in the day, 50, 60, 70 years ago, to go in on Ellis Island and see that massive statue? Must have been cool. Can you imagine just the immigrants coming from these lives that they had to go in and go to the American dream? And the first thing they see, a massive woman with a torch on land hovering a you know, just massive. I mean, what it isn't should that, be. Isn't that amazing? Just the yeah. thought of that? Lady Liberty has to be subjected to Mary, Queen of the Universe, though. <clears throat> okay, and that's so, what I think, right? That's what yeah, I like to no, think No, no, it has to be. And so Lady Liberty is fine. In, in, her, in, in herself, she leads to, um, yeah, all the degradations of man get shown. The depravity of man in a lot of ways. And so... 
if it's not, if the ultimate end is liberty, then it's just going to be personal and individual fulfillment, which, I mean, with this post-Christian age in which we're in, um, yeah, it just becomes a neo-paganism. It just becomes a neo-individual fulfillment and the national goals and stuff. Like, you need Christ and you need the church and you need Mary, like, who is, <laughs> you don't, like, Lady Liberty has to be subjected to you know, our, our lady, the lady. And so, yeah, it's encouraging, it's exciting, whatever else. But like, if America doesn't, you know, uh, subject herself to the church, then yeah, bumps on the road to hell. Like I, what was that it quote? won't last, you know, super long. The, uh, from Fatima, you know, the, about Russia, well, like the, yeah, if Russia's not consecrated to my immaculate to, heart, yeah, you know, then like, her errors were spread to the world. <laughs> And there's such uh, people like to make communism and like our capitalistic systems out to be completely different and stuff, but they're both predicated on individual success. Like they're predicated on uh, this notion of material success. People just found out that the top-down communistic model is less. You need consumerism to like keep the markets going. You need people to be constantly buying stuff and producing stuff and having a free market system with politics at the top is a good way to do that. And so the American model was just more successful than the communistic all things are controlled by the government. Now China does it does this middle ground, but like all of it's still materialism. Like they're just trying to find material wealth and individual success and stuff. So it's like obviously communism's worse and it's evil and all this stuff and it needs to be condemned, but there are aspects of just, you know, uh, just materialism that you can find in capitalism. Like, you know, Russia, because of all these years of atheistic communism, um, with with liberalism and like the West and in America, you can at least for a while continue the Catholic idea until you can re reinstate it. Communism is utterly imposed to it, so communism needs to be completely condemned. Um, however, however, um, the capitalistic systems is not the end either, nor is the, uh, you know, individual fulfillment in America, like be the greatest nation ever. Is that the fulfillment of what the church intends for her mission? And so we can't just accept it as the highest ideal. Yeah. I mean, see if there's another question from anyone. Uh, <laughs> Helen, I bought a Lady Liberty costume. Yeah. Question, is that what you wore to the Women's March? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, who said that? <laughs> it's not over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting roasted here on... <laughs> oh, man. Um, but uh, Sing the national anthem, Kellen. Uh, okay, I, we're not going to sing it on air, but thanks so much. I but, could. Uh, no, thank you. How about at the very end of this? We're gonna blast everyone off. Uh, blast and blast everyone out. I'll tell you what, mics. No, 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 no. no. I will We're sing good. it at the very end. You have to come to the games, guys. You have to come to the sing, games. I will sing the national anthem for the end at the end for everybody. Uh, no, at the games. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah, that that fight though, the McGregor fight. Jeez. I mean, he's, he's back. He's back and he's da back. more dangerous, dangerous than, than ever. ever. The reason why he lost that Khabib fight is because he wasn't himself. I could tell from the moment from that first press conference where he wore that full purple suit, which was amazing, by the way. I could tell that he wasn't himself. He was literally angry. I, I mean, there's that black. 
bad blood is never going to be resolved. Cowboy? No, no, McGregor and Khabib. Oh, Khabib, yeah. And, and I Khabib tell you wasn't what, there, though. Where? At the fight. Who? Was he there? Was Khabib at the fight? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I guarantee you, you watched it. Masvidal and uh, Masvidal and Usman were. Uh, no, but um, Connor just was was going crazy. I've never seen a man so angry and so violent at a press conference. Conor McGregor, and he got and he got submitted in the fourth round. He was striking him well, but he just Khabib was just just an animal, man. Just, just found a way to wear him down, and you know Connor gasses out too. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's hard to not gas out for Connor and but he wasn't himself that fight he mm. wasn't himself I, and I could tell right away I was like Connor's gonna lose this fight he's gonna lose this fight he's gonna lose Khabib it's not like the Connor that was at UFC 205 against Eddie Alvarez that was a completely composed humble Connor now you might say the Irish superstar is not humble right well he's humble in victory or defeat except for that Khabib lost because there was something wrong with him. That's Wait, McGregor's if that's, humble? That, what did you just say? He's very humble. What? Have you watched his press conference? Okay, bro. Okay, this last fight Did you watch the humble. Cerrone press conference? Yes. That was humility. No, it wasn't humility. Yes, it was. Oh, wait a second. Wait, okay, a second. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. Well, let's wait, back hold up. On a minute. He knew he was going to kill Cowboy. <laughs> cowboy knew he was going to kill Cowboy. The Cowboy, like Cerrone, <laughs> walked up there and his, you know, he just kept his head down and was like, I can't wait to get paid. That's all he was. No, doing. I'm Alex. You Alex, you're wrong. That was I a, know you're wrong. Shut on up. That. <laughs> that was that was an exchange <laughs> no. of blows to the face. Dude, to Cerrone for has cash. The, Cerrone. <laughs> Cowboy, you're Cowboy stuck. Wanted. You're stuck in this mindset of just cash, 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 globalism. Okay, let me have, <laughs> let me talk for a second. <laughs> Dude, Cowboy knew he was going to lose that. Are you kidding me? Did, do Dude, you think he thought okay, he had a chance? So Cowboy knows that he has the most finishes. And fights in UFC history, the Come most on. head kick knockouts. He is the all-time leader in wins, the all-time leader in finishes. I could have seen him kicking, head kicking McGregor, and he almost did. He could have won that fight if he took it to the distance. Connor, like we said, we made this distinction before, was confident in his abilities. Confident in his abilities. And uh he went out there and he executed it. He's not prideful he's i mean look he likes to have fun right i like to have fun okay i have fun in everything i do people ask me all the time do you know it's you know you just seem like you're not very serious are you kidding me i do so many things on campus i, I work i put my heart and soul into everything i do and i work really hard i do so many things i just roll with it you know what i'm saying i just roll with it i have fun with it that's what connor does he trains like a maniac. He puts his heart and soul into it, and he plays the character. He rolls with it, and he wins. That's what Connor does. He talks a big game, but he goes out there and wins his fights. Yep. Is that being in humble? In humble, yes. Or whatever the same thing, whatever that word is. Is that Prideful. being not? He wins humble? his fights. He wins his fights. Look, it's his personality, man. He he. Sorry, persona. That's what I should say. I mean, he, he has his own personality with it, but like. You're building a character. It's a character building thing. Like he's, I mean, he's, he's making the bank. biggest superstar he's making, ever. He's making bank off his <laughs> I mean, personality. Off the yes. Mc okay. Mayweather fight, athlete. he made a tenth of a billion dollars off of the Mayweather fight. He made a hundred mil off of that. Yeah. Are you serious? Probably more. Yeah. I mean, hundred mil. Hundred. Oh, easy. That's the biggest fight that. in sports history. 
But uh, uh, Callan Eagles Connor McGregor, I can see it. <laughs> That's what we have in the Discord. <laughs> Callan Eagles. Yeah, you he know likes what? him. Okay, well, I tell you one here's thing another right one. If Point I didn't go to university, why don't you guys lead a, a trip to the Holy Land this summer? We went to the Holy Land, you and me. Oh, we could lead a trip to it. That's what uh, uh, the I leopard's saying. The le- yeah, whoever this leopard is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a brutal fun. trip. That was a brutal trip. It was really dude. fun. That was the hardest trip. You paid for travel. I paid for food. Yep. And we basically ate McDonald's. So <laughs> you remember? You died for McDonald's over there, dude. We we didn't eat that. It wasn't. Yes, too you much. did. We had a McDonald's like ten feet down from our hostel. I'm surprised you didn't sleepwalk and eat there. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't wake up in the middle of the night and go there because you are a McDonald's addict, dude. Actually, no, you're more of an in-and-out addict. Dude, I'm about to choke you out right now. <laughs> I'm about to, we're going to have a Kellen versus Alex throwdown, dude. UFC. You eat McDonald's. <laughs> yes, we did on occasion okay. because there's no other food I okay, could find. Sir, and I was sir. ready to see the, the sights. Sir. I wasn't about to try and find some, How like, many times did you go to In-N-Out per day when you were surfing in San Diego? Oh, dude, am I high, dude? <laughs> like, once a day. Dude, once a day? Yes. You said you once, went three once day, times a day. Every day. You said you went three times. You'd go in okay, the morning and surf, surf, take a break, go to In-N-Out, go home, chill for a bit, go back and surf, go back to In-N-Out after you surf, go home and chill for a little bit longer, go surf at nighttime, and then go eat In-N-Out for dinner. That's three times, Senor Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being uh, honest. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I mean, what do you have Cali to say to that? benefits. <laughs> I'm gonna put Senor Gordo is gonna be my new name. <laughs> oh no, here we go again. Close. Senor Gordo. All right, <coughs> Senor Gordo will make an answer. Uh, yes, I, I, I In and Out's great. I'm gonna. I'm not uh, gonna lie. In and Out and Out's surfing. Great, dude. Okay, I well. love In and Out. No, you're right. You probably went not even like once a day, right? I mean, I went every day for a while. For a while. I but, was working, know. so I was working there, and they gave you a free burger every time you worked. Hey, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna pay a for a burger. burger. Yeah, do you want a free it. burger? Or do you want to pay for it? I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I talk about. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm like. Oh yeah. All you know. All levels of human society should be oriented towards Christ and all that stuff. And I'm saying it, and then I'm like. The Cali lifestyle is so fun, but it's like so, it's so materialistic. It's, so and stuff. Ma- it's fun, like, but so it's materialistic. <laughs> SoCal, I think, has been hit harder than like most of America in a lot of ways. Oh, dude, SoCal is for sure. NorCal is so, completely different. Nor- yeah. Northern California is different. There's still that lot of materialistic stuff, but when you get by the coast, man, that is so materialistic. It gets wild. It gets it gets wild. wild. Yeah. The richest people, some of the richest people in the world live right where you're at. Some of them live up some to where you're by, where, too. And where I'm up at, too. Yeah. There's house. 20 million dollars 15 20 mil 20 mil you know on the coast it's insane yeah i mean look if i had that money i'd buy that house i'd totally do it but i'd use it as like a some you know like a vacation sort of thing right what's wrong with hey i don't know okay so if i if i could buy a 20 million dollar home would you like on the coast i wouldn't i wouldn't i would buy it just to you know as like a summer home for that i mean there's nothing wrong with that. all right let me let me stop you though uh, the, there's nothing wrong with that. May have something wrong with that. Well, how? How is okay. that? How is there something wrong so with that? So we're convinced today that we should have the biggest desires and then fulfill those. But what if? So what like, if everything you should else... you should actually desire a twenty million dollar house. No, I don't desire it. I just okay, say why not have it? How's that desiring? Are you using it for like 
the good that's been, you know, your position in the hierarchy of being. What if I worked super hard for that money and I earned it and I bought a house on the ocean? Would you enjoy it though? Of course I'd enjoy it. It's the ocean. Are you kidding me? Wait a second though. Like at some point you're just going to be like, like the difference between you can live a good life without it and therefore it's a non-necessary principle. Okay. But no, and it'd be more virtuous to not use it for leisure enjoyment. It's a house. Well, it's I know. You know, I'm trying to beat the liberalism and Dude, American ideas bro, out of you. you. Ta- you're taking it too far. I'm just talking about buying a house on the ocean. Twenty million dollars. Twenty million dollars. Okay. Whoa. Uh, lights flickering. Wait, whoa, we got no, whoa, we got lights we're, flickering we're, in we're, here. Uh, that's that's your guardian angel telling you not guardian. to be a Zangus. Okay, you know. What? <laughs> Twenty million dollar house okay. on the beach. Dude. Who cares? <laughs> like you can. I think okay, it would be now, fun look, to go there saying, a couple times I'm a year. Not, it's not immoral to buy it. I'm not saying you. That's what. Like, that's just what I'm saying. You have to. It depends on your individual situation, all that stuff. Like, it's very circumstantial. Honestly, we we have this idea that you're supposed to have desires for more and more extravagant things, and it's the constant multiplication of desires that runs the market economy in a lot of ways. Like. Advertisements don't exist to like match the product with what you desire. They exist to like create a new desire for a new product in you. Like you, oh, you didn't know you wanted the ShamWow, the you know, this, <laughs> like this. You didn't know you needed the Snuggie, but now the you Snuggie, know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So right, the you Snuggie, didn't, baby. No one has a desire for a Snuggie. All right, I'm gonna say it on air. No one does. But <laughs> once they make it, now they're gonna try and invent a new desire. Like, oh, wouldn't that be so nice? Where I could like reach through my blanket. And like eat my popcorn on my couch, right? It's not it's not matching desire with what you it's it's creating a new desire in you, right? And that's how marketing and like consumerism works is okay, you 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 term it in terms of need and wants, and you say, Oh, that would be so cool. I'd really want that. Well, that would be so cool, I want that is the the invention of a new desire. It's like that material thing, you know, every Christmas, all of us are like, what would I want for Christmas? What would this person want for Christmas? What should I buy for them? And like, we're always trying to invent these new wants that will fulfill new needs and new desires. And it's not necessarily evil, but like, we're, we're just a desire-driven society at this point. With I mean, you're not constantly wrong. expanding. Look. You have desires and you should fulfill them. And they're so many and vast. And it's like, if I don't have this material success in some way, my desires will be unfulfilled. So there's a twofold thing. It's the invention of new desires, and it's also the constant reminder that you are unfulfilled. Because at the same time you have to say you have a new desire, you also have to say, and that desire is unmet, and therefore you're unhappy. The motive for you buying that thing is like, I'm unhappy, I need this thing to fulfill this part of But I'm just saying to cover myself, that's not me, Okay. Okay. Look, okay. Yes. If, yes. What if? Yeah. There was no, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't buy anything. What if either, there was? An, right? What if there was? I'm not a, saying I'm the pinnacle of this stuff either. But like, what if there was a 90 year old man? Okay, 90 year old man, saved up his entire life, has a tiny little cottage somewhere in NorCal, whatever, and near near Grass Valley or whatever where I'm from. Okay, what if he wins a lottery, like 30 million dollars, and right. he decides to buy a 20 million dollar home on the coast? A 90-year-old man buys a $20 million home on the coast. Is that subjecting to this, you know, want, want, want society? If he's lived 90 years in a humble life and he buys that, now it's weird, it probably never happened, but still the thought of it, is that subjecting to this, you know, want, want globalist sort of society? 
I mean, I don't think it is. It depends on the person's situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, I mean, it's like, why is he buying it? We we talked about intention earlier, but yeah, like, I know. But so he can enjoy his last few years in a twenty million dollar home. <laughs> What's or, wrong with that? <laughs> I don't see something wrong with that. I generally it, it may don't not be the best use of the money. Is okay leisure and individual. So there's a, there's a twofold thing. It's like okay, well, what is your best and most proper use of that money? Okay, fair. and then the second one is. Do you really think that extra material thing will make you more happy? Or is it just a new desire that was created in you that, like, somehow from a long time ago you thought, hey, having a cool $20 million house would be really cool. But, like, it it doesn't suit the purposes you need. Um, Yeah, it's it's not for the best good. It's not for the highest good. It's for your personal enjoyment. And And you're going to die. And and I would agree in the sense that if that was leading you in in the wrong direction. But... For, okay, for, there's a parable for that, right? So right. in Luke's gospel, right, uh, the man who makes, who has this fantastic harvest, and he starts thinking to himself, I'm going to tear down this barn and build two more huge, bigger barns, and then I'll put all my grain in there, and then I'll be able to sit back, relax, and be happy the rest of my life. And then Jesus says, but the Lord, he doesn't know that the Lord that night will take his soul. Who then will have his grain? So it's not necessarily bad that he's building more barns for more stuff. But his intention is just to be materially successful, and then he, the Lord's going to take him. So he had an opportunity to, to be more virtuous by possibly almsgiving, by using that money in some way that was um, for you know for the, the better good. Let's say if it's in a Christian time for Christ in the church and, and some, some avenue of putting that money. And instead, he decided it for his own enjoyment, and the Lord's going to take him that night, and it's not going to matter anyway. And... That money, which could have been used to weigh against his sins, because almsgiving, you know, um, goes against punishment of sin, uh, giving alms that can go for the remission of um, temporal punishment. Like that money was wasted in that way. Like money can be, you can give away money in a virtuous way by by these intentions, right? Yeah, like, I, and I agree. I agree. And you can also use that that money for uh, <clears throat> like good things. And and also look like the whole philanthropy thing where people are giving like a huge part of their money away or something like that oftentimes isn't as virtuous as people think. I mean, it's better than them sitting on all of it or making more, I guess. But like, I, they're still using, uh, I don't know. There's so many it's different so, factors. It's so weird. It's oh so my goodness. weird. Yeah, I know. It's There's a lot of different factors. It's a lot, it's a lot to say. And I sound really like stuck up saying that. But You got any more questions? Any Let more? me see if we got more questions. Let's see. Um, it's, Discord, it's worth saying. How we doing? So we had, uh, what if, uh, we have, is the Loch Ness Monster real? I've been to Loch Ness in Scotland. Have you really? Yeah, I've been there. I went to Loch Ness and there's, dude, I tell you what, I was driving away and because I went there and dude, Loch Ness was so beautiful. Scotland is, that was one of the most beautiful places on earth I've ever traveled is Scotland. I'm telling you right now, Scotland is a spectacle, absolute spectacle. And, um, went everywhere basically. And, uh. We were driving away, and now I'm just, I'm not BSing here, but, you know, I'm just saying. We saw, like, this big, massive water move. <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, a big thing of wind just picking up and moving the water, but there was, like, this weird, like, split-second shift of water <laughs> on the surface. Oh, my so goodness. So that might have been the Loch Ness Monster, man, I'm telling might you. Might have been. We don't know Waiting that it's not you. real. We don't know that it's not real. We don't. Facts. Facts. I mean, it's a fact, but it's probably not real. Facts. 
But uh, so <laughs> it's not real. Probably not real, but whatever. probably not real. All right, we'll go. Loch Ness is beautiful, though, man. It's kind of it a, really? it's a long lake. When did you go to Scotland? So after World Youth Day in 2016, I went to. Uh, did you go to World Youth Day in 2016? I did go to World did. Youth Day 2016. Dude, that we was had really the, good. We had the California flag up. Did you not see it? Did you guys have one too? Yeah, we saw we saw a California okay, flag. You, I didn't. We I were, might have seen you. We were probably close to each other. I might have legit yeah. seen you. Uh, great. You remember Mercy Fields? Yeah, Mercy I do. Fields was amazing, dude. Yeah, that was a- awesome. Amazing, or was it crazy? Because it, it, it was. I did not get any sleep. Immaculately crazy. It was wild. It was really wild. Crazy. Uh, no, it was wild. But uh, after World Youth Day, I flew to Edinburgh uh, to go see my dad, and we met up there, and just took a whole two week trip around Scotland. I'm telling you, man, Scotland is oh, man, it is Scotland's it cool. is spectacle, man. I'm telling you, just the just the you know the landscape, and and I'm, I'll never forget this. I was driving around in Scotland, and we were. I don't. I don't exactly remember where we were. I think we were some somewhere close to Inverness, and uh, or maybe it was the Isle of Skye, and uh, and we were there's this lake on the you know on the way down like a little ways, but it was because of the you know it was cloudy outside, and uh, because of the grayness of the clouds, the entire water was like gray. It was so cool, like the color of it. I mean. Obviously, it was probably blue. Yeah, but but you could see it, and it was just gray. The entire thing It was the most awesome thing I've ever seen. The castles there are stunning. Island Donan Castle was amazing. The best story, best castle I've ever seen. I'm telling you right now, Dunrobin Castle, hmm. off the map. Massive garden in the back. In the back, it was just a garden size of two football fields in length. Dang. With big, what do you call those big bushes that have like the animal figure? You know, like, you like the ones that are cut. Yeah, the ones that are cut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, they had stuff like that. Yeah, they had like those big bushes, but with you know, shaped in you know, the shape of an animal. Yeah. Massive. And at one point, we were like the only one there playing cricket. <laughs> Was it nice. cr- what's the one where you have like the you hit crochet? Crochet where it's on the ground. Is that what it is? Crochet? Yeah, I think oh it's crochet. I'm going to get roasted if I don't. <laughs> that's yeah, not I it. I think it's croquet. <laughs> it's croquet? No, croquet. That's croquet, not crochet. Croquet. Croquet. Crochet. Wait a minute. Crochet? Croquet. Yeah, croquet. <laughs> Sorry, Scotsman. Uh, croquet. And we were the only one there. Inside the castle was the most accessible. Because a lot of the times when you go into the castle, they don't allow you to take photos because all the... the uh, I don't know, just the light taking the shot, like the flash, yeah. like can cor- corrode some of the material. Hmm. So they don't let you do that. But um, well, sometimes they do. Island, uh, no, Dunrobin, they did. They let us do that. You can go in, man, I tell you what, Scotland's amazing. The massive amount of castles that they have there. Yeah. Ur- Urquhart Castle. It's like U-C-U-Q-U-U-A-R-T, like Urquhart Castle, something like that. Urquhart. 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 Or I think it's Urquhart or something like that. Right. But yeah, no, it was a, it was an amazing castle. Uh, Scotland, like to to Scotland definitely recommend. I'd really like to go to Scotland, dude. We should go to Scotland, man. We've been so many places. Too. We went to Budapest our first our first weekend. Then we went to uh, we went to Oktoberfest, which was unbelievable. Really unbelievable. And the Holy Land made it for me. Um, that was the most amazing trip I've ever been on. Yeah, it was um, excellent. La Holy Terra Land. Santa. Yep. And, Holy uh, Land. It was good. Unbelievable. And uh, 
you know, I'll never forget it. It's something that real special. That That's a wild times. Of. We've talked about Holy Land a few times, but we have probably the greatest was hopping the fence. We hopped the fence at the Mount of Beatitudes. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we broke it. We broke it. Okay, into okay the time, of out, time out. Time out. We're like Zacchaeus. Or okay. Zacchaeus? No. I can't remember. Zacchaeus climbed a tree. That's oh, right, pretty right. epic. But Did uh, anyone break into somewhere? Okay, to see so Jesus? here's what happened. We're gonna give this context. Okay. Me and Alex, are we're, we walk to Capernaum, and we walk back. And the only way to get up to the Mount of Beatitudes is go all the way around the mountain to the entrance, which would have taken us a couple hours. So Alex is like, no, heck with it. Because the first thing he does, he takes both of his eyes, turns them directly to the right across the street, and sees a path. And he says, Private dude, property. He's like, dude, Kellen, should we take it? I'm like... Oh man, if we get if we end up in an Israeli prison, I'm blaming it on you. <laughs> <laughs> Locked up abroad. Locked up abroad. The new show. Stay tuned. That's gonna be something that we should do. Locked up abroad. What do you guys think? <laughs> That's already a show. <laughs> it's a show where oh, people. It is a show. It's a show where oh, people shit, I didn't know it was go a show. overseas and they get in prison somehow. Oh, I didn't know. It was and a they show. they're locked up abroad and stuff. A lot uh, of Americans do too. That's stuff. hilarious. Americans yeah. are very uh, yes, yes, including us going. So, so we we hopped it. So we go up this path and like there was we, we no see fence the mountain initially. There was no fence initially. Yeah. We go up and we walk for a good probably half a mile. Yeah, and there's banana fields. And there's there banana, are bananas banana over there. Wild. And we're going through these groves, and I'm like, dude, this is like private property. We got to be careful. Like, somebody <laughs> Great be, idea, Alex. <laughs> be rolling up with some like Israeli M16s and like <laughs> all those Israeli guys. Did you notice in, in Jerusalem, like every other, like all the soldiers had fully like, automatic fully guns automatic just hanging guns, out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. They're just standing there, and they're all like, you know, like five foot six or something. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in Israel has to do their. Um, what is it? They're, it's three months, uh, right? Three, days, two or three years. Two, no, no, sorry, months, in the military. Years, yeah, two years, I think. Yeah, something like that. So, anyways, they're so we were like, oh, dude, these guys are gonna just roll up on us. Hit by a, do- a drone <laughs> in the strike. back of a truck, like some <laughs> sort of Call of Duty strike. mission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna be a drone strike. We're not far from like we're not far. So we get up like, there. So yeah, we get up to the top, and we're on the back side of the Mount of Beatitudes property. These big fence. There's a big fence. And it's like one of those, it's not barbed, so you can get over it. But it's, um, there was only one place where you could put your foot. And then it's just these straight up, just like metal, not spikes. They were just like the ends of the yeah, fence. Yeah, yeah, And, and, uh, oh my goodness. And we're like, okay, we're going to jump it. We have to jump it. We there's have no to jump else, There's nothing my, else we can do. My shirt got a hole in it. And no, yours. Mine, I completely. No, you dude, completely ripped Dude, your okay, shirt. so my shirt, I'm sorry, Mother Mary, I ripped. Okay, so basically I had a Mother Mary shirt on and it says I love her a latte and it's like in the form of like a Starbucks thing. It's like <laughs> So I Where basically do you find this I stuff? basically ripped Mary in half on my shirt. So uh, apologies to the blessed mother. I'll go to I'll go uh <laughs> say a rosary. Say a rosary for that one. Oh uh, sorry Mary. But anyways, um no we got over it, but it was so muddy and everything that we had to go in there and we sat down in an abandoned or uh part that was blocked off of the actual amount of beatitudes, so they had like a separate garden off to the side, an amphitheater, and it was all blocked off. Me and Alex are just sitting there. Basically, we basically took all the massive leaves off of a tree to wipe off our shoes. We had nothing. Yeah, we ended up in all of this mud. And we had just to the clean, wildest We basically thing. took all the leaves off of that tree to clean our shoes. And yeah, this little our shoes were and just... this little nun that barely spoke any English was probably like four or nine or something. Just like, <laughs> I didn't go inside. My my feet were so dirty. Yeah, this nun comes out and she looks at her shoes and she's like, 
oh, you can just put them right here. <laughs> we like, completely okay. bandwagoned that, dude. Like, that that was dangerous. That was, we, uh, we could have, was uh, wild. Who, who jumps a fence at the Mount of Beatitudes? Who does that? Me. We're not promoting this in any way. Do it. <laughs> I'm telling everyone here, jump the no, fence. No, no, we're kidding. We're jump kidding. the fence. Mount of Beatitudes. <laughs> Mount of Beatitudes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. I'm telling you. Don't uh, do some... So it is 8 o'clock. Unfortunately, that, that went by super fast. And my Dude, guardian, it's been a good podcast. Angels, uh, yeah. uh, let me just think what we got. We got to UFC fight. We, we talked we about, about Trump. Chick-fil-A, we talked about theology, Chick-fil-A. Social Globalism. rate of Christ, individualism. You being Got in a lot of stuff. And there's monster. more infinite stuff that we haven't even touched yet. So, so much. So everybody much. stay tuned in. 6 to 8 p.m. Next I, week. 6 sing? to 8 p.m. The Kellen and Alex Show. Franciscan Alex, Effect. WFRSCC 88.3. Franciscan Effect. You know, technically I'm supposed to say that, but you know the co-host can say it as well. And let's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now we will wrap up our section. WFRSCC 88.3. Should I sing the national anthem first? Oh, no. No, but uh, okay. uh, no. I'll save it for next God, time, guys. God bless Tune America. In. I'll sing the national anthem next time. God bless hey, America. Hey, everybody, be safe for the march. Have a great time. Yeah. We'll, we will see you there. We will be at the march. I will be there. I'm driving down alone. So if anybody Have wants a great to time. join me, I'm going to be blasting we'll be some music in my speech. We, we can be on a call. We can just be on a call. Maybe we'll do a podcast. We'll do a podcast. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stay tuned, man. W- Stay tuned. Oh, no, I can't be on the station, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. WFRFCC. 88.3 FM. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining. We'll be back here next week, 6 to 8 p.m. On a beautiful Thursday night. Might be beautiful. I've been in the future, man. (laughs) That's what we do here at Kellen Alex Show. Anyways, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, Shout out to everybody who's been listening to us. It's only going to get better. And uh, Kellen and Alex signing off here for WFRSCC 88.3 FM, Franciscan Effect.